0: Combat
1: time! <laughs> Combat time!
2: Hello, welcome to another episode of Combat Time. I am one of your hosts, Yasin, and I'm joined by Josh. Hello and Jay. Hello, hello. How's it going, y'all?
0: Uh, pretty good. Another Sunday afternoon.
1: It's hot. It's, it's hot like as really, balls. It's really, really hot. It really it is. is. It's it's, it's um, and not hot in a good way. This is late July at the time that we're recording this, which is just probably one of the worst times to live in Georgia. You know, I know, I, I am a
0: dedicated Shirai Ryu ninja, and like, even me, I'm like, it's not even cracked 90 yet. It's just the humidity. It's like, Walking my dog, you know what? or just sitting out, it's like I don't know.
2: Yeah, and I and I turned off my air conditioner for the podcast. I'm thinking about maybe just turning it back on and dealing with it <laughs> later, yeah. obviously, because I turned I, on I, like I turned it off like 20 minutes ago, and it's already warm in here. Right?
1: I think. Um, I, just take off. Just take
0: off your clothes. You know what um, I mean? <laughs> <right.
1: here. laughs> that, I think. I think the only reason why I chose Sub-Zero as my first character in Mortal Kombat, not because he was blue, but I think secretly in my head, I'm like, hey, he makes things cold. I like cold. Jay, I just (laughs) want to
0: say that uh, in the time that I spent at your place, there was one moment where I did see my breath. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker keeps it that cold. I literally saw my breath and I'm like,
1: whoa. You damn right I do, because cold is life, Josh. Warmth is for, like... It's literally the like, opposite. Like... Cold is when you freeze and die.
2: <laughs> I mean, you can have a heat stroke and die, dude. Yeah, Actually, no, speaking of that, I'm going to turn on my AC. You
0: guys vamp. Okay, yeah, go for it, dude. You know, we won't fault it.
1: Yeah, but Josh, no. Um cold all day, all night. I'd rather be cold than hot, because I can bundle up. I mean, if it's... It, if we if we get scorpion levels of hot here, then I'm just going to meld and go to hell or something. If it but gets at least hot, like, you
0: can always get naked and turn on a, a misting fan and just spray your body with water. That's not, no, no, or no. Just live in a swimming pool. Just like stay no, in a pool no, the whole time.
1: No, no. The swimming pool gets hot. Water can get, water can boil. God. That's a good point. It man. gets everywhere,
0: too. <laughs> and it gets everywhere. Yeah. and Yeah, kids everywhere.
2: All right, so we're not Jesus, talking about the Jesus weather today. We're literally not going to talk about <laughs> the weather. On a no, Mortal we're not Kombat talking about podcast. the weather. So today, what we're going to talk about are the characters of Mortal Kombat. I mean, as far as fighting game goes, fighting games go, I think I think most people would agree that Mortal Kombat is some of the most iconic characters
0: in the fighting game genre. Um, Which is ironic because it comes from a place of just having kind of generic feeling characters. Yeah, exactly. But maybe there's Um, something special about them, which we'll discover.
2: Yeah. So what we're going to do today is we're going to basically just go through our thoughts of, you know, the characters throughout the franchise. We're not going to go through every character, but we're just going to talk about, um, you know, what characters kind of stand out to us, what we find special about them, how some of these characters evolved, how some of the types of characters that are introduced evolve throughout the games. And then, you know, we're just going to kind of spitball and you know try and come up with what kind of characters we'd want to see
0: in mortal kombat 12 whenever that comes out uh and yeah whenever that comes out and analyzing that like what makes a mortal kombat character like good right memorable and who's risen to the top and if we start from yeah we start
2: from the beginning with mortal kombat 1 i mean i think everybody can i mean they've they've said it themselves that you know they've taken influences from a bunch of different like Pop culture references, you know, from Into the Dragon to uh, Big Trouble in Little China, you know, you know, ninja movies from the you know, 70s and 80s. Bruce. Br- yeah. Like, Bruce Lee. Obviously. <laughs> so, I mean, it was the original game and even even probably the second game as well. I mean, there was a lot of just Asian stereotypes in the game. There's agent stereotypes, there's ninjas, there's, I mean, a lot of ninjas (laughs) throughout this. So many ninjas. Um, But there's, I mean, there there was a small core of characters, but those characters have stayed in the franchise throughout, like for the past, what, 30 years now, 29 years now? God, something like that. Yeah.
0: And part of that probably has to do with just maybe the first impressions of the kids that played them. Uh, I think a lot is owed to John Tobias's uh, development of you know the archetypes to make them not just a blank slate, and you know maybe every kid just is like s- has a great memory of throwing a freeze ball and freezing somebody or nut punching them. That you know we can't go a single game without having Sub Zero and Johnny Cage, with a few exceptions, you know. Right, exactly.
2: Um... So I guess we could start by, you know, talking about uh this era I guess this era of games, do you want to talk about this era in general, like MK one through I guess one and I guess one and two are a bit different than the characters in MK three, right?
0: Three is where they definitely sorta of like ran out of steam or changed direction. Two is very much in line with one as far as the type of characters and the type of mood. So I I would say like separated, yeah, the, the 2D games have a fracture at 3 so we can start with 1 and 2. Okay. Uh so I guess let's start with like, you know,
2: what do we think makes them special? What what do we think makes these characters stand out from other, you know, characters and other franchises?
1: I mean, obviously I think the big thing for that, at least um at least to me, is that even though they're even though a lot of the characters still feel kind of, still feel kind of generic because they're just you know a lot of them are palette swaps. It's just the fact that if you're gonna palette swap you at least give them clear and distinctive colors from each other so you know which one is different. Like even if and then like even though Scorpion and Sub Zero pretty much have a lot of the same um normals and movesets uh in MK one, they have different poses. They are obviously different colors even though they're the same outfit. And then of course Scorpion has Ed Boon's Get Over here. You know, uh, voiced by him, while Sub Zero kind of doesn't, and then of course they have different powers. Yeah, even though even though they look the same, but also you know just kind of like you said, pop culture references. Um, you know, uh, you have to have a little bit of a sci-fi techno in there, which is kind of like where Kano comes in. Then you have to have you know the all-American action star, I guess, which that's what they were <laughs> the thinking.
2: All-American,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the muscles from Brussels. Yeah, who's not American? <laughs> Yep, pretty much. But I mean, uh, you got him, and then of course you got your Bruce Lee thing, which I think pretty much every major fighting game period has some have has some kind of Bruce Lee character. Um, every single one, um, it seems to be a staple of fighting of, of any new fighting game. Pretty that much ever comes yeah. out. So
0: I think well, it's it's really neat to to see like that. Even though they're pellet swaps, Scorpion and Sub Zero. They had enough care to give him, yeah, their own fighting stances, because Scorpion has his, I would almost say, iconic, like, cocked fist stance, because his fist is the Scorpion stinger, <laughs> uh, yeah. and, like, Tobias, I mean, that's what it always, like, was interpreted as, you know, he's, like, ready to sting. and, you know, Tobias had enough imagination to give them both, like, this backstory, like, that they were enemies of each other, and I think, obviously, that's what made them memorable, even though they were just, like, insert characters to, like, just, okay, let's put in some ninjas to fill out the roster yeah i think
2: uh
1: i definitely i was gonna say like uh oh, if, if anybody
2: Sorry. if you need to like look into the origins of any of the characters that tobias worked on definitely go to his twitter page because every once in a while he'll go into like a thread of you know certain characters i remember seeing one for kitana and melina and he talked about you know the early concepts and how that evolved into what they came out in with mk2 um he goes into his, you know, where the scorpion and sub zero like character design and rivalry comes from. Like, there's a lot
0: of information in. Yeah, like Tobias's tweets are the types of tweets that you want to like put on your slippers and get your pipe and sit by the fireplace to look at mm-hmm. because uh, he goes deep. Yeah, for sure, and it's so fascinating. For sure. And uh, Katana Molina are, are kind of like the uh, quite similar to Scorpion of Zero, where he like, you know, he wanted a rivalry. He wanted like another set of pellet swap ninjas, but he wanted them to have this kind of like, you know, really entangled story. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's where a lot of the strength comes from is like it's as it came to be, I think around the MK3 era, like uh, John Tobias had admitted that Mortal Kombat's a soap opera. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that that that's where a lot of the appeal comes from just cuz all these like interlocking relationships. Yeah. That uh you know, it's fun for a game that didn't have a story mode. You just fight, but you get to watch all the little the little uh segments that say their intro and their their winning story. Uh it fills in a lot of uh stuff that the imagination is just captivated on.
1: I do think that uh at least for at least for MK one, just thinking about it, I, like at least to me, the most memorable one that stands out, I think, is Raiden, because mm-hmm. when you look at Raiden, he obviously has you know some Asian some Asian influence in him with his hat and the fact that he's an elder god that you find out in the storyline. But he also is kind of his own like original thing because it's not like they reference a particular. He is
0: based off of a Japanese god. Yes. Yeah, it is.
1: It is. It's based off. I mean, who looks nothing like. It doesn't like him, him, but the
2: name is. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. But I mean the character the, the character design is pretty much lifted from like Big Trouble in Little China though, right? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, like
0: that that's always what I thought. I mean, no, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And just the stereotypical, you know, the the rice field hat and all that. Uh but I think they wanted to make him a more animalistic, like more close to the Japanese god, but they just figured, "Nah, we can't do that." And they just kind of you know, fitted him with stereotypical Asian-looking attire.
2: Which, I mean, if you look at, I mean, if you, you know, look at the early, especially the early games, if you look at those, I mean, you can definitely criticize it for leading into
0: stereotypes like that. The early game is almost cringe levels of Asian stereotype. When the first, the first stage, if you play the arcade version, like opens up with a, a very ear-shattering gong.
2: Yeah, all the music uh, is very, you know, faux East Asian type of music. Yeah, it's, it's yeah.
0: <laughs> It was, yeah. Like like areas. we said in a previous episode,
1: it's two white dudes that made a game about a bunch of movies they saw. And, of course, at the time, their perception is that, like, hey, we're going to make a fighting game, which means martial arts tournaments. And martial arts tournaments are, like, hey, Asian, so let's do Asian but stereotypes. I mean, so yeah, type. but let me see. It's one, two, three,
2: three and a half Asian characters in Mortal Kombat 1?
0: Yeah, I was gonna bring up like like uh, Scorpion's of zero, obviously stereotypes. Uh, Liu Kang, duh. Uh, Raiden is the Shang Raiden, Zeng, Raiden is kind of the oh yeah, I forgot about Shang Tsung. Yeah, <laughs> holy crap. I mean, uh, Shang Tsung, we meant you. Raiden is the stereotype, and I dare say he's not actually that iconic until like he developed as like the father figure and all that. I think everyone just remembered him because he says the chili chili mama. I
2: feel like he, oh. which also, I mean, that's another another whole other discussion about how <laughs> all the all the like phrases that they just made up. It's like holy crap, but yeah, or just I mean, yeah, I, I feel like to me anyway, Raiden didn't become iconic until the movie that helped because sure. I never played as Raiden in any of the yeah. games. I still don't technically.
0: Oh, I did. I loved being able to teleport and Superman across the screen like. He wasn't my main, but I delighted in, like, dabbling with him a little bit. His
2: moveset always felt too difficult for me. I don't know why. Really? It's pretty easy. I don't know. I just, I didn't like the Compared I don't like, like the way Sonya he, or Kano. They just don't
0: like his moveset. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, speaking of Sonia and Kano, like, I think, like, of all, like, the stereotypes, they're the two that I dare say, like, boy, are they, like, the most original? Because, like, Kano is, like, this weird <laughs> attempt to do, like, a slightly futuristic type of character with his, like, cybernetic eye. and yeah,
1: he was based off Terminator, so... Yeah,
0: they, they were inspired by Terminator when he, his face peels off. But it's like, they also had, like, they had in mind that he was, like, half Japanese because his name's Kano, or Kano, as a, how it would be pronounced in Japanese. But, of course, you know, the movie just solidified that he, you know... Was He's Australian. <laughs> Australian. Uh, but, you know, just being a mercenary criminal and all that, It it feels a little bit inspired and Sonya, you know, kind of tacked on as just like a military type character. Both of them seem kind of like removed from like the stereotypes of what they, you know, the first game was. Uh, And it's ironic that they both did not come back in MK2 because supposedly they were the least picked characters. True. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Which is funny because like they released least picked characters supposedly by like the the character audits that were programmed into the arcade machines, but apparently they had such a following that fans are clamoring for them to come back, and they get their grand return in MK3 with like these spritzy new redesigns. Yeah,
1: I wonder. I wonder how much like around the time um, that the movie actually helped really solidify the iconization of those characters. Like, I think Sub-Zero and Scorpion were kind of, like, already there, and Liu Kang was always kind of, like, the main character. But when it comes to, say, Sonya and Kano, obviously, Josh, like you said, the intention was never to make Kano Australian, but the movie just kind of made that decision for everybody and said, okay. I think the movie is
0: responsible for a lot of it, because it turned Liu Kang from a Bruce Lee ripoff with his admittedly original story to somebody far removed from... Bruce Lee at all, uh, you know, where they they just brought in Robin Shu and he was his own thing. Same thing with Shang Tsung. But the
2: the games kind of just went
0: back to that, though, right? What do you mean, like after the movie? Yeah, was like two came out about at the same time that the movie came out, like uh, shortly before the movie came out, and then three. I mean, yeah, I guess the games keep going on with their own identity until like the you know the Nether... Realm games where, like, they started giving, they were able to give them more character and they, like, retcon stuff to match the movie but, uh, but I mean it it goes back to what I said about Lawrence Kasanoff claiming that, like, Mortal Kombat's popularity was largely in part due to him uh, I think there's partial truth in that because the movie just, like, took these characters who are kind of stereotypical slates and just fleshed them out. Even Scorpion and Sub-Zero who are just, like, walk, you know cannon fodder gave them more attitude and more character and just made them memorable in everyone's minds
1: i definitely think though that like what really kind of sold it for kano for me or i thought he was kind of cool um is that like one he was uh he was like he was obviously a bad guy and i st- and i still think that this is a trope today if you are a person that has one eye, for whatever reason, from some tragedy or whatever, you see this a lot. A like, guy. yeah, you're automatically a bad guy because, of course, like people with eye patches must are kind of like stereotypically villains in a lot of Nick ways. Fury. And Kano happened. Yeah, Nick uh, Fury. Th- he's 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 an exception to the rule, but also if you. Not to go on in too much of a tangent, but if you read the comics about Nick Fury, Nick Fury is not what you would call a full-on good guy. Okay. He's kind of like he, he's, he's he, rough. He, he's had a bad life. Yeah, he, do, he He's he's done some shady stuff to maintain that. I'll put it that way. He's no Captain America, um, but like at least at least with Kano, I thought it was a really cool idea that they kind of uh, made a story about him being part of like some underground gang and he was still from earth realm but he's a bad guy from earth realm which i always thought and technically yeah, i guess he was the first bad guy from earth realm unless you count Sub-Zero, sub-zero which at the time kind. yeah but I, I i didn't know that sub-zero at the time was from earth realm because what earth realm can throw ice <laughs> like well, I, didn't, I mean I, yeah i mean wasn't well, sub
0: scorpions from earth realm too they're all from earth realm uh, luke kang is from earth realm and he throws fireball everyone has a power sonya throws rings uh yeah true <laughs> yeah it's like
2: it, yeah it's true it wasn't like you know earth characters don't have powers; like they do so i, I, I always assumed we're not, we're not I talking about only
0: the 2021 logic
2: because like for me i like i said i didn't really pay attention to the lore so i always thought everybody was a human except for raiden and like in two like you know baraka or whatever
0: right yeah obviously which is, it's funny to, to know, uh, I mean, I'll mention this when we get to do our episode of MK2, but, like, the initial idea of, like, the Outworlders, was they're all, they were all going to be like Baraka. Oh. Like, Baraka was just, like, the default for, like, what Outworlders were, with, like, you know, teeth. That's why Melina has the teeth, too. Right. Uh, but they decided to scrap that.
1: Uh, yeah, I Yeah, I admit, when I first saw Melina with the teeth, I thought that... Like, Melina was just the female version of Brock as Species, but she was just dressing up like Katana for some reason. Well, I mean, they
0: kind of hinted at that, like, you know, once they introduced, like, you know, her, you know, ending thing and all that. But, like, the idea is, you know, she's a clone of Katana, and, like, the, the later games would expand that, you know, she had some Tarkatan uh, DNA. Yeah. Combined of Edenian
1: DNA, and that's why she, yeah. Do you do you know? Do you happen to know, Josh, when they officially gave Baraka's species the name the Kartotans? I think it was
0: around. Boy, don't fully quote me, but it was either around the the PS2 era games or it might have been the Netherworld games, Netherrealm (laughs) games. Yeah, it wasn't until then. It it might have been the, the, the PS2 era games, but like, you know, before that it was just no Yeah, way.
1: but I, I think like also what kinda helps with um, you know, uh making these characters just sort of unique and then they kinda stand this test of time a little bit is just uh uh the type of lore that kind of goes into them and how their character designs and how they look and how they play kind of show that. Like obviously Even though, yeah, this is kind of stereotyping. Liu Kang doing the, whoa, you know, just kind of like very very Bruce Lee kind of thing. You kind of know a lot about Liu Kang, not just from looking at him, but how he sounds and the type of moves he does. And Johnny Cage, um, a little bit of the same thing, though less so, in my opinion. Raiden, you can kind of make up your own story about him if you didn't read anything about him just by looking at him. And, you know, Kano, you think like, oh, is he a futuristic sci-fi dude? But then they add this layer to him that, oh, he's actually like the leader of this like uh, international... Uh, black Ops gang called the Black Dragons, um, which
0: well, I mean, it's just by the characteristics. Like Kano, when he wins, is like yeah, yeah. like this very gruff voice. So you could tell he's he's yeah. a rough and tumble dude. Raiden, you could tell he obviously he's some sort. It's of actually
1: it, it's 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 actually kind of cool when you break it down though. When you think about those little subtleties that really make a character stand out from the rest, and they contrast well. It's not just color palettes and character design, obviously, but in some ways, you can make characters that. Look alike in a lot of ways, but because of their different move sets and their sounds and their little hints of of who they are that they ex- that they sh- that they express in their gameplay, um, really just kind of make them stand out. Like of course, uh, like Melina, you find out is a little bit more than just a palette swap of Katana, even though for you know graphical reasons and budget reasons it probably works well. But they do little things to kind of show that no, she's very much different from her in a lot of ways. So stuff like that, I think, kind of pushes that. To a level to where, like, okay, these are actually different characters. So,
0: yeah, it kind of leads into what I wanted to ask Because, like looking at it superficially, is like these characters are the most generic, generic, missed, <laughs> superficial characters. Like, if you look at any fighting game, you immediately see, like, oh, uh, okay, you got your, you know, Shaolin dude, you got your ninja dude, you got your whatever, you know, wrestling dude. Like, look at Virtua Fighter. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people that love Virtue Fighter, but I see, like, what's his name? Cage. He's, like, the, the stereotypical ninja for that. Uh, it's just, like, if you look at Mortal Kombat, it looks, like, painfully, like, okay, these are just blank slate characters, but I, they've kind of persevered. I feel like... And why is that?
2: I don't know. Because like, I wasn't aware of Mortal Kombat as far as, like, playing the games until 2. So I'm biased in the, in thinking that MK two is what made those characters more iconic because by the time you get to two, I feel like a lot of the character designs are a
0: bit more fleshed out and more and more,
2: I guess, distinctive. Because I feel yeah, like mm-hmm.
0: it, well, they definitely improved on the ninjas because, like in MK one, they were really baggy looking, and in MK two, they kind of made them a little more form fitting in their costume, which kind of matched the movie that would come out later on. And it kind of but they
2: also had different masks, right? Well, I think
0: that's only in the character select portraits. I think, like, uh, in the actual sprites, they all look the same, except they're swapped. But, like, in the portraits, like, you know, the patterns on their masks are different. And, of course, Scorpion has white eyes. And they all just, yeah, got a little more character given to them.
1: Also, I guess, fun fact that I didn't realize, and Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I don't think Mortal Kombat has a wrestling character that is specialized in just in wrestling. I don't think they do. Well...
0: I mean, maybe in the PS2 eras, there might be a character, because uh, we're all not well-versed in those.
1: Because, like, when I think about all, like, I guess...
0: Jax could almost be said to be yeah. a wrestler because he has a lot of grappling. Yeah, games. he
1: does have... Man- yeah, he he's close, but of course, we later found out he's not. He's part of the Special Forces Unit. He's not a wrestler, even though he has the up. Well, I
0: mean, when you're in the military, you learn a lot of fucking... Yeah. Training grappling moves and stuff like that for combat. But I only
1: say that just mainly just because when I think of, you know, mainline fighting games that still persists even to this day, pretty much all of them have not only just a wrestler, but who clearly is very much a wrestler because they're in the wrestling outfit. Like King. Um, King, um, Zangiv, uh, there's also... uh, uh, Hell, um, uh, Tekken actually. Tekken, I think, actually has a few of them. But in Street Fighter, outside of Zangiv, you have Rainbow Mika, um, don't know she's who the fuck one. That is. <laughs> she's a she, she, she she's she's not as popular as Angie, but she's you know, but she's still a wrestler. So from like and Street then fighter five, and or then something, and then think. like an S like an SNK realm. You have um you have T-Zok, which is, you see definitely knows who that is, <laughs> yeah. and um and there's and there's there's another guy too whose name I forget, but he's very but he's very much a wrestler as well because he looks it, <laughs> but he's not like a Mexican wrestler. He's like your typical like, burly American wrestler. Um, And that just seems sort of like a thing to where, like, if you're going to create a fighting game, you want to represent as many fight styles as possible um, in a, like, in a Mm. cool way. And, yeah, like, wrestling would be part of that because that is a fighting style. And Mortal Kombat, I think, like, is doing a bit better with this. But one thing I respect about Mortal Kombat is that because they deal with different realms, they can kind of, I guess you could say, mix and match and make stuff up to a point to where it's not really... It's not really this fighting style, but it has these influences in it, or it may have nothing to do with a fight style at all. It's just, hey, let's just make up these cool movesets for these characters and just say that they're from this realm. And it just kind of like blends itself into this tapestry of different stuff that I think can make characters more unique. It kind of, in a way, keeps Mortal Kombat's doors open to more creative ideas. Um, in terms of just the type of characters that they want to have versus, say, something like Street Fighter or Tekken, where everything has to be more grounded in a human reality setting-ish. That's what Street Fighter is. Um, I think
0: they're probably less concerned of, like, fight styles and stuff like that in early games because the early games are just like, you know, yeah, uh, martial arts uh, movie stereotypes and... I think it's less important the type of fighting style they use than it is the type of story they created for them. I think it was uh, and like f-
2: more of the character traits. Because, like, if you, if you think about it, Scorpion and Sub-Zero are the least ninja-like ninjas. They really kind like, of are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: How can you be a ninja when you're wearing a bright fuchsia color? That's what I'm
2: saying. Like, they wear bright colors. Uh, They don't really fight like ninjas. Like, I mean... Scorpion has this spear thing, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it's weird that they're ninjas, but not ninjas.
0: Well, I mean, there, there's a funny line in MK Mythology Sub-Zero where Sub-Zero is called a ninja. And he's like, no, I'm not a ninja. I'm Lin Kuei. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not ninjas. They're derived from ninjas. They're assassins. But, yeah, which uh, means every, but, uh, but it's like, I mean, martial arts do come into play later in the PS2 r games where we actually did have like martial arts styles to choose from. Mm-hmm. And I think that added more to the characterization. But before that, I think yeah, it was more about the lore and you know st- story of uh, of them all. Uh, I'm rattling off here, but yeah, Scorpion Sub Zero. Scorpion is supposedly a ninja, but like yeah, so what ninja dresses in bright yellow? Well, <laughs> one um,
1: like one thing s- else. Oh, go ahead. you Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I just
2: I was just gonna say that uh, one thing that I think makes the the characters of, like, the first few games, especially the first two games, iconic is that the limitations they had. Because, like, mm. not only technology, because, like, I mean, technology-wise, they couldn't do too much with it. But at the same time, it's like, they are, they are filming and, like, recording actual people. So it was limited to what kind of costumes they could make on set. Mm-hmm. So... They had to make things as distinctive as possible, but also make it readable when it's digitized for arcades and stuff. So it's it is interesting to think of it in that sense. How, with the limited limitations they had, they still were able to make rather iconic characters, and also to make characters like freaking Goro, who you know they did right. with, they did it with a uh, stop motion puppetry.
0: Yeah, like uh, the the limitation too of the two D was also a consideration for like Kano because. Before 3D games or things, like, every time Kano switches stances, his metal face is always going to be facing the camera. Because that's just how it is. They didn't have, yeah, the, yeah. you know, resources to, you know, consider that, oh, his, his, his clean side might be facing this. Which is why when uh, Jax gained his metal arms in 3, uh, it was originally going to be, uh, the original sketches was he was just going to have one metal arm. Yeah. And uh, like Tobias or Boone was like, well, what happens when he turns around? Because like you know the 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 sprite just you know flips, and they're like, oh well, we'll we'll just make them both metal, yeah, and that will solve it. And that whether that that was like in you know in consideration for other characters like Shang Tsung in three who had long flipping hair, and like things like that were like things they tried to limit because of the limitations of doing the two D sprites, mm-hmm. which are you know now it's a some point with the three D models, but yeah. Uh, I guess it forced them to be simplified, I guess you could say. And yeah, because we can all say like, as far as like costume designs and the newer games, they definitely got a little bit over designed.
1: Yeah. Like one thing, uh, one thing I definitely like about what Mortal Kombat does, and I think pretty much every fighting game does this just because it just makes sense. If you start out with a palette of characters and you know that that's going to be your... To put your cast, if you if your game is popular enough to where you do a sequel, you always want to have those characters or at least some of them come back because one, you've already done some pre establishment for them, you know what their movesets are, you know what they're like, and people are going to be familiar with them, so they're going to gravitate to them in the next game because they played them in the previous one. Then you introduce those car- new characters and you just kind of flow into more and more and more. But I think what makes Mortal Kombat unique and um. Also, and I'll, I'll use two characters as an example of this, uh, is that how each character from game to game to game uh, that they keep bringing back evolves, not just in their look, but also their play style. I mean, an example of this uh, that I think are the two best ones uh, is Shang and Reptile of all of all people because reptile he's not even playable in the first game but his presence is very much you know a known thing and sort of like a a big huge almost trophy to attain if you manage to not only get to him but you manage to beat him uh and then he goes and then in Mortal Kombat 2 he gets his own move set and you actually learn more about him um as a, like as an actual character like he's got his own move set that is just unique to him he's got his own story and then as each game progresses. He becomes more and more and more, I guess you could say, like reptilian, which there actually is lore reptilian. into that as to why. And then with Shang Tsung, he becomes, you know, this Fu shoe floaty dude in one that is very hard to beat. And then in two, he gets aged down. And then in three, they completely change up his pose. And his look... He looks like the crow yeah, in 3. Yeah, and I actually thought that was neat because one thing that is synonymous with Shang Tsung in terms of animals is a snake, and he has a very almost snake-like fighting style or pose in 3, which I thought was neat. Like, I, that that was my first thought. Like, even as a kid, I'm looking at Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat 3 and thinking, wow, this dude is like a snake <laughs> like the way his poses and the way he's bending his head down and his long hair i'm just like oh wow that's kind of cool and i like the fact that they put that work into the evolution of those characters to make them stand out like and they did it they and they didn't do it with others unfortunately like johnny cage wasn't that much different between one and two even though he gained like a new move but design wise nothing much was different um Sonya Blade was, but she basically had a look change, but her moveset um, really wasn't all that different. She was still wearing, like, the mostly white and green and didn't really change her outfit too much. Her costume got a lot cooler yeah.
0: compared to Yeah, to it, it,
1: was, it was an improvement. And then, of course, Jax went from no, no metal arms in two to metal arms in three. So they do, like, these little things, but I, I definitely I definitely find, at least from a character development perspective how these characters grow i think reptile and shang song if you're talking about one two and three i think they had the most growth in terms of just look design and moveset
0: i have my own criticisms about reptile has evolved from uh call it swap ninja into like full-on jurassic park extra with a ninja suit on (laughs) um but uh, i I will ask like you know moving into like you know from where they started in mk1 to, like, their first sequel and having to introduce new characters, uh, how do we feel like they succeeded or not in introducing new characters that were originally unique in MK2? Uh, and also asking, for our favorite characters, we all know who they are, for us three, uh, what does make them special and memorable to us?
2: Hmm. Well, um, I don't know, for, like, for Kung Lao, like, he just seems so different from everybody else, in my opinion. Like, he just, I don't know why, but I just immediately gravitated to him. He was just, like, the coolest looking character. got um, to have the hat. And then you have the hat, which is, like, I don't know, for me, I would never have thought to make a bladed hat a weapon. I mean, I, first, I would never think to make a bladed hat and to make it a weapon like that. I mean, I I remember the the only time I've seen that is, like, Odd Job in 007. I think
0: was it a hat?
2: Yeah, it was, a, it was like a bowler hat or like a top hat or something, right? Yeah, a bl- a bowler, yeah. Yeah, so that was my only reference for that. So seeing that kind of a hat, it looked really cool, and the silhouette just looks very like unique and striking. And then he has like his costume is pretty dope. So I don't know, like get that coupled with his moveset I just like
0: immediately gravitated. I want to comment on the silhouette because like Kung Lao, I think has evolved to be more of a less mysterious character than he was in two, because in two his portrait and all the promo art, his hat is constantly pulled down so you can't see his face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, like, he, he does take it off in The Fatalities and you see his face, but it's like, he has such the aura into of being, like, this mysterious, like, fucking dirty hair, like, Western character where his, his face is hidden, and it, it's like... I dug that. Uh yeah. and it, It's diminished in the sequels to give him a different type of character, uh culminating up to you know, MK twenty one twenty twenty one, which I think uh Max Wang is that his name? Max Wang, yeah. Huang, yeah. I think this that's to perfect how he's perfect characterization of Kung Lao, uh as, as he's evolved. But like at the outset yeah, he's so mysterious. Uh and I just wanna like make a small side, like that the the blade hat weapon mm-hmm. was such a unique type of thing to the point where like me and my friend uh hanging out at the hunting camp that I mentioned in a previous episode would make up an idea that Freddy Krueger has the same type of weapon (laughs) (laughs) and would sort of like terrify ourselves at the possibility that Freddy could be lurking around the corner and could throw his hat and just kill Yeah.
1: (laughs) Which actually to get, uh, to give like Kung Lao even more credit here for a minute, um, When I think of like the original Mortal Kombat characters and all the characters they've introduced since then, if you put it in a lens of like you have the original cast and then you have new characters starting from MK2 forward all the way up till now, besides the original characters, I would say Kung Lao is without a doubt the number one best uh, new original character that they've ever created for Mortal Kombat because he's just like he he's he may as well be a staple character and he's pretty much been one for a while but he definitely got his opening in Mortal Kombat 2 and I think that says something a lot about the endurance of a character when you know some some new characters actually sort of are like a revolving door they're in games and they're not in games but Kung Lao is, ever since MK2 um as far as I'm aware is routinely in every single game ever since so I think that's I think that's yeah,
2: says- Go ahead. He's in every game except for MK versus DC. And oh, he's not that? No, he's not in that one. Also, Deadly Alliance, I think he's only like a...
0: Oh, no, he's totally in Deadly Alliance. Is he? Oh, yeah, he's one of the main selectable. Oh, okay. But they, they give him a little different shtick. Uh, he has long, because everyone's aged up in Deadly Alliance. He has long gray hair and his default stance is his hat is... uh Propped off his head and hanging at his back, so he's not wearing his hat. But oh, I'm awful. looking
2: at it now. Wow, that's yeah. Because yeah, like like we've said before, like the PS2
0: era games are a blind spot. So I'm mostly familiar with Deadly Alliance, at least because, like I said in episode one, <laughs> you know, I bought and kind of got soaked into that. I almost played it for this episode because I wanted to like myself. I had no uh, idea you like looked like this. Like his yeah, alternate looks costume looks exactly like what you expect Kung Lao to look like. Like, MK Deadly Alliance is exactly what MKX was, where they wanted to, like, jump forward and see how these characters age. Mm, yeah. Because, like, Sub-Zero looks bad fucking ass in Deadly Alliance, because his scars turned blue. And, like, he's wearing a cross... He's basically wearing his MK3 uniform, but he's got a dragon medallion, and he's just, like, gray-haired. And his scars, like, you know, decolorized. He just looks
1: badass. I... Mm. But but also uh, but also, Josh, uh, like just to kind of, I guess, give my take on it, just to go back to one of your original questions about like what makes uh, our favorite characters, I guess, special is that at least for Johnny, you know, Johnny is sort of different because Johnny um, is a bit like a a very, very simple character, really compared to everybody else in the entire Mortal Kombat cast. I mean, he literally is Jean-Claude yeah. Van Damme. But the, I think, like, over time... The, uh, blood um, over time, I actually think that that like, draws me to him almost more because there's not really much to him uh, from, I guess, like a character design. He really is just almost average Joe compared to everybody else. Other, uh, But in many ways, he's very much not average Joe, but he looks it. <laughs> um, and I think... I just gravitate just more to that because like, hey, you know, if I'm going to do anything these characters can do, the probably the closest that would be would be Johnny Cage. I can do a split and nut punch someone. Sure, that's totally possible. I can... You know, I can, in theory, um, do a shadow kick. I mean, I may have to grease up the floor a lot in practice, but I can do a shadow kick. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, so in some ways I kind of feel like I can relate to him more. But for me, really, I mean, what drew me to him is just a very unique move set. Like, I would never seen a a move where you do a split and then you nut punch someone and my little kid brain could not even conceive that that was ever a possibility until i saw it and once i saw it i was like oh my god that is amazing that that's like an amazing freaking thing that someone can do and it's actually possible to do (laughs) um so that and that kind of sold me on him but also just his personality i mean he's he's very much sort of like the comic relief like you know Goofball of Mortal Kombat, and those are typically always the most fun. I love Dan and Street Fighter for that reason because he he is a joke character. <laughs> um, I don't even know who the fuck Dan, Dan is. is okay. There's nothing much to Dan. Basically, take Ryu, make him pink, and make him a goofball, and that's Dan. Did he come in a three or four? I know uh, he was in the um he was in the Alpha series, uh, Street Fighter Alpha Two is I think is when oh, he was introduced, okay. and. And oh, Dan, and, well, I played and Dan's a staple of Street Fighter now. You'll you'll find him in most games nowadays. But he will always be a joke character. He's never he's never ever ever like a top tier character on purpose because he's always been a joke character. Um, like to the point where his his like fireball doesn't go full screen. Yep, it doesn't go full screen. His <laughs> um his showroom or his uppercut like is very much is his, its form is very different from Ken or Ryu's, and that's on purpose. And his his uh, his hurricane kick is not really hurricane kick. Like, it looks very unfinished, and, you know, and that's just Dan. <laughs> that's just who he is. And Johnny Cage, of course, is not that. He's very, very capable, and the way they've evolved him through the years, they've probably given him way more of uh, development for his powers than really they needed to, because, I mean, well, yeah, yeah nowadays, be because good. we all, like, even Josh, you and I both said, like, oh, wow, Johnny has random god-killing powers and is pretty much the main character of Mortal Kombat ten and Liu Kang is just kind of thrown by the side. I'm like LOL. Even I thought that was just really really funny that that they did that to Johnny. But at the same time, the voice acting that they gave to him and his and his like dialogue and one-liners, I thought never got old. He's always been just the most fun to me because of that and just his arrogance and the way he that even though he's an arrogant guy, you actually see him develop especially as a character in MK9, 10 and 11, which, you know, we all kind of admit is actually kind of cool to watch. So, well, it's it's that, just neat. That's an it's an interesting just thing
0: that uh, in the later games, like in the uh, the two D era games, and even like the the PS2 era games, like all we had to go on is their character design, their moves, and whatever scant vocalizations to give them extra characterization they could provide. Yeah, get over here. Yeah, and you know stuff like that. And it wasn't until the Nether Realm games that we actually got to have unique voices I they started to do that in the ps2 r games like deadly alliance is horrible at that the, uh the, the the character uh winning poses are shared between all the characters so nobody gets to be unique but it's like now we got everyone's gets their own intro and this is like that now like they're fully brought to life uh but before then you kind of had to use your imagination i guess yeah true man they
2: did they really make johnny cage like blonde in the ps2 games What? I'm looking at the... Did they? It's either just a very light brown or like... I
0: guess it's more auburn hair. Like, I remember him in in Deadly Alliance. Yeah, it was kind of auburn colored. Not quite dark hair. I think I know why.
1: Um, Back then, because I will admit this... Well, I mean, Lyndon oh. Ashby has that same color. Well, Are you going to well,
2: bring up the frosted tips?
1: Yeah, I was about to say because, like, <laughs> you, yeah, because like admittedly, I did that for a time. I'll, I'll admit that. Um, <laughs> the like, what? yeah, it was like Fro- Yeah, oh, it, it was damn. like um, I kind of, I kind of dubbed that era like the Abercrombie and Finch era, like late nineties, early two thousands. If you were some jockey kid that was you know all about your summer parties and vacations which johnny cage kind of symbolizes a little bit in mortal (laughs) kombat or at least the closest one to it most of these kids did have their tips frosted or dyed their hair blonde for no reason other than it was just a fashion trend at the time and that kind of makes sense that they would do that to johnny because that was sort of symbolized like you know the preppy rich kid kind of thing to do um and johnny in a lot of ways is a bit of a preppy rich kid so you know i i can i can it makes sense to me um if they did that yeah johnny would have bleach tips so glad I didn't <laughs> got
0: into of that. Well, and yeah, Jay, I, I have a hard time imagining you like that, but I know you did it.
1: You told me you well, did it. Well, none of you guys knew me long enough, but, um, you know, I, I promise there is photo evidence somewhere. Oh, I got to see God. that. Oh, um, God.
2: I, well, I, I don't know. Uh, I was going to say, like, I'm, cause I've been looking at, you know, a bunch of, like, pictures from, like, the ps2 era games and you know going through a bunch of characters which i guess we'll get to later but for for the characters that we were talking about now man i don't know something about the aesthetic and the care the design philosophy for those games i just don't like them like
0: well they got the ninjas designed. like
2: like uh sub-zero scorpion like and reptile like they just got a bunch of well reptile is different but like scorpion sub-zero like their armor is just like all bulky samurai type stuff and it's just yeah they just keep adding straps
0: yeah straps and shoulder shoulder pads and 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 it's like how long does it take these guys to get dressed even in the nether realm games uh supposedly in 11 they they some people have said they dialed it back and it looks more like functional but i'm still like how long does it take these dudes to get dressed i don't know i the i feel
2: like for me like as far as like the ninjas go like i feel the peak is like mk2 mk3 for me
0: yeah, like, well, I yeah, even yeah. like MK three. I, I
2: like the different. I like how they d- changed it up with like the segmented, like color. Oh yeah,
0: I love the the fucking uh, ninja costumes in MK three so much. Like I've drawn them so much in all my. High oh yeah, like I remember so. having the. They- I think I had a strategy guide for MK three. I think, and I think it. I,
2: if I'm not mistaken, it had drawings from T- John Tobias. I'm not sure. It felt like it was kind of his style of art. But it may, it may just be someone in I'm, I'm not sure. But I remember seeing those drawings and I'm like, the ninjas look so cool in this. And they look to the point, high. to the point where like whenever they try to like emulate the classic costumes and the newer games, I feel like they never get it right. I mean, the, 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 the PS, yeah. the, the, I mean, the that- MK2 ones are close, but they never seem to get the MK3 costumes right. To yeah.
0: Really. I was just going to bring that up. It's like, it's like when they debuted, the MK3 costumes were like, the, it was the peak like what MK3 was supposed to be, like this sort of futuristic thing, and the costumes just fucking worked, and they've never been able to replicate them from the movies, from Annihilation, where they just look a little bit awful, and like the DLC costumes in like the mainline games, just like, n- anytime they try to reproduce it, it looks dopey. It really uh, they looked psyched. They look, they looked awesome in MK3. Well, I mean, uh, such a cool design.
2: Looking at the pictures, like MK uh, MK2011, like MK9, gets close. Hmm. It's pretty close. MKX looks terrible as far as like the MK3 costume goes.
0: And MK11, they debuted a, a MK3 style scorpion skin for the trailer, but none such skin has ever appeared in the game. Correct me if I'm wrong. They have the mm. MK2 styled ones which look not too bad. they look pretty good
1: I mean to be fair though, even like when you get those DLCs where you can use the classic costumes of these characters, when you when you put those things on those newer 3D models from say like MK10 and MK 11. I think it almost always looks bad because you're trying to, it's almost like the costumes that the characters have from MK10 and MK11, they design, they design the 3D models with those costumes specifically in mind, which is why it works. But when you, but when you just, you know, take like a Sub-Zero's costume from MK1 and put it on Sub-Zero now, it just looks really awkward and really kind of bad. I uh, just guess. I guess. And it's sort of funny to
0: remark, like, if you look at the costumes from the 2D era games, like, if you look at the behind the scenes and the actors actually in the costumes, they look dopey as hell. Yeah. But somehow translated into the digitized image, and perhaps there's a little bit of photo manipulation going on, because I noticed playing MK2 lately, uh, to prepare for our next episode, uh, small peep behind the curtains, we'll mm. be reviewing MK2 soon, <gasps> um, is that like uh, Katana and Melina, something looks like digitally altered by them, like their hair, except for in certain frames, looks kind of smoothed over. Uh, I don't want to say, but it looks like they did something to their boobs <laughs> to make them either look more voluptuous or like something looks altered about them, like it's just like painted over. And I think that might be the case with a lot of characters, but I mean ultimately they look badass. I mean we can always talk
2: we could talk at length, which I probably think we should at some point, about, you know, how Mortal Kombat like designs female characters. Throughout. Yeah, that's a thing all Cause... in
0: itself. Uh which I feel MK Two is pretty benign ish. 3, they got a little, yeah, It wasn't I was until getting, literally... It
2: was getting to that, that... It was definitely at that point where he's like, well, they should probably put some more clothes
0: on. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it wasn't until... The, the only really serious... Well, okay, the, the we all have a blind spot with the 2D era games, but there were some pretty awful designs in there. Uh, but 9, I think, was the, pen, the the fucking ultimate of like cringy designs. And yeah. then it wasn't until eleven where they calmed it down. Yeah,
1: like again, it, like thinking about it, like yeah, when you take those classic costumes uh, and then you put them in MK9, man, that's just nightmare fuel <laughs> at that point. Just because the three D models are kind of already not good, just because they kind of they're just they're basically using the same base model to and then shaping it a little bit to form what they think is a woman. And that just and then it turns out like that. oh yeah we
0: won't even get get on to say like just as far as like the character like 3D models themselves about
1: how poorly yeah they were a, a, for like, a few games though at t- the time they were good though yeah at the time they were eh. considered good but, eh. but but also other games had this problem too I mean if you want to see another a game that I think did it worse Gears of War the females in Gears of War do not look like females they look like they look like, well, neither do nines, yeah. but
0: it's like, I, I hazard to say that nines designs are good. Oh, uh, except for like certain characters where they look like ripped out of a cartoon. Uh, yeah. But certain other characters just look like horribly rendered. But I well, mean, we're just... kind of getting off of the weeds. Like the point I want to make is just like the, the, the costumes from the OG games when rendered in modern games look cheesy, which is funny because when they were originally debuted, they, despite looking cheesy on the actual actors in actual footage, somehow ended up looking cool on the arcade screen. And I don't know if that's because of a little Uh, bit of, you know, photo manipulation. It could have been. uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, Josh, I can comment on this a little bit. Like really another way where you can see this really translate is, have you ever seen any movie where it starts off 2d and then it goes to 3d? An example of this is when they famously did this to Homer Simpson, like way back in the day, like we're, Oh yeah, God, if he, and you remember how jarring that was because it's an entirely different level of what your eyes can see in 2D. Oh, he's meant to be seen in yeah, 2D, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was designed that way. So, and it, it may, it, it really makes a lot of sense if you design these things to, uh, uh, to be 2D first, then you take them into 3D. Because at the time, they at the time when Mortal Kombat was made there was no 3D in their brains. They're just making a game with the technology that they had. There was no ambition that these characters would, pro- would need to be designed in such a way to be 3D later. That came later, but that doesn't mean that was the intent. And when you're trying to make a game um, that's 2D, you have to think a flat surface. So in order to get things to stand out, you have to use really hard contrasting colors, which means that you have to use bright colors that are very solid colors with no texture in them at all. When, when you translate that into 3D, you're going to have texture because cloth is not just a blank slate. It has texture to it. And when you add that in, your eyes are going to naturally sort of like separate things out and things are going to get kind of blurry um, from a color perspective, which is why it looks kind of weird and jarring and bad, which is why it doesn't translate well. That's kind of a rough assessment of it, but that's the intent. When drawing two D, you want colors to pop, so that way the eye can travel and see everything. But in three D, you can kind of do that, but you you can't just omit texture, especially from something like Mortal Kombat, where there's a lot going on in the background as well. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could agree with that. Uh... That's just like a tuned sense. Like, there's really there's like a huge deep dive you could do into that about aesthetics and eye appeal and. All types of crazy stuff, well I
0: mean so. like i i i i do remark remember uh playing m k two in the arcade for the first time when we were a joystick and noting how the ninjas actually had like a checker pattern woven pattern on on like their 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 vest I'm like, oh, I never noticed that in the console yep. versions, and yeah, it, so there is like detail that's lost, but it's like yeah, like the three d versions they just they just got overboard, and well there's a the thing like all the i mean there's there I've heard
2: people talk about this like before, where they say, you know, when you're designing for a video game, you kind of over design, especially like two D, uh, 3D games nowadays, like since like the PS2 era, you kind of just over design characters. Whereas if you're designing for like a comic book or something like that, or, you know, even an animated like show or something, you do more simplistic so it could be more repetitive where uh, you mm-hmm. can, you can like, you know, repeat, you know, continue to draw this over and over and over again. It's not like super intense as far as like details. Whereas, like, video games, like, nowadays, I mean, you can make the most, like, you know, involved character design. And once you make the character design and you make, do the you make, you rig it up or whatever, like, you can kind of just go as far as, like, work. Like, you can go from there and it won't be too much of a problem, I guess. That's just my, I, I don't know anything about animation, but that's what I've heard people kind of say about that. But there is something about having, like, something... You want to have details, but you don't want to make you don't want to make it like you know, overwhelming. You want to yeah. You want to make the detail like that's why I think like personally I really like the designs of 11. I feel like they take the best of like, you know, it's a video game, we can do a lot let's let's make these characters look as interesting as possible but also let's not over uh complicate things too much. Some characters do it better than others, but I feel like, you know, some characters, are, a lot of the characters I feel like they've gotten better at that because I mean, I I know I'm sorry I'm sorry everybody's gonna I mean, there's gonna be people who <laughs> hate either this podcast or just like me specifically. But every time I look at characters from like the PS2 era games, um and even like kind of MK9s, like there's just so much going on. Yeah, there's some, had, this, um, the, the the male characters have so much going on, and the female characters have nothing going on. As far so as like, there's like <laughs> no there's like no clothing on them, and it's like it's it's just that problem of like you know. Especially around the '90s and the 2000s, where it's just like, they wanted to make female characters just as sexy as possible, so that means that make them have as least amount of clothing as possible. Which I think, in Eleven, again, I think they've improved on quite a bit. Like I feel like a lot of the characters they, actually look pretty cool in
0: Eleven. Eleven, they've absolutely improved on, especially the female character designs. Uh, it's funny to remark though, like in the, the PS2 era ones, like they just kept like doing too much. It's like. I dig Scorpion's design and let's say Deadly Alliance because he, he looks basic enough. He's got some added detail. Yeah. But it was Sub Zero, man, that, uh, and by the time Armageddon came around, he had a total fucking Shredder Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles design that actually has garnered such a fan, like, following that everyone loves it that it is an alternate costume essentially in Eleven. Like, Mm -hmm. there's multiple variations of, like, Shredder Sub Zero. And
1: everyone loves it. And I'm like, no, that's too much. If there's any character, though, if there's any character that could be like... I guess the term I'm looking for is a sh- like, and I guess correct me if I'm wrong, a shogun warrior, like a shogunate warrior. <laughs> uh, Scorpion would fit that bill. We're not talking ninja. We're talking like the full freaking samurai getup, like the full armor well, I mean, and everything. That's what he's
0: become now. Yeah, but that, point, but that's, but, you but you
1: know. I think that's why that works, Josh, because it's one of those things where no one mentions it in their head, but because of Scorpion, his personality and what lore they know, it just makes sense in their heads, which is why it's appealing.
0: Well. I'm just saying, I hate Sub-Zero's uh, Armageddon cost. Honestly, Shredder me too. Because the thing is, like, I, I remember, much. like,
2: every, cause even though I didn't play those games, I ha- I saw them everywhere. Like, I saw promotions and, you know, images, like, online everywhere. And it's always Sub-Zero in that for that game. And I just remember being like, this is not Sub-Zero that I know. and Because he was one of my favorite characters in the earlier games. So when he got like over designed i was just like i'm kind of uh i don't really vibe with it but then in 11 his his not 11 sorry in a uh, 9 his character was kind of you know brought oh, back to basics a little basic. bit stripped down yeah. but then his he moved so slowly was though was weird to me but then he moved so slowly so. that i didn't want to play him anyway yeah yeah um i think we it, cuz you know the ninja characters are so iconic we've talked about them a lot we should probably yeah. move on to, like, talking about other characters throughout. Like, look, yeah, how about... I was
0: getting ready to launch into how the ninjas were designed for, like, you know, Rain and Air Mac and all that, but oh, <laughs> we can get into that. Yeah, but We're less talking about design and more about, like, characters as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their ability yeah. and their, their, their story and all that. Right, and I think
2: 3 is where they just, you know, they doubled down on the color swaps because then we, I mean, they, they yeah. added the Cyber Ninjas. Yeah, they went from Pallet swap uh, ninjas to
1: palette swap robots. So
2: right, uh, but they also introduced characters like Nightwolf. Um, yeah, Jade became a playbook character in three,
0: I believe. Oh yeah, she. Uh, yeah, I'd have to remind myself whether she was unlockable or if she was. Available she
2: was a character in two, I think, right? Yeah, she was. She was. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the
0: reptile of two, but she just had katana's fans. She didn't get the the staff and all that stuff, right?
2: Um. But then we also uh, we also got, like, uh, Sindel in 3. Mm-hmm. We got Striker. Uh, Cabal. We got Cabal. 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 And I'll
0: argue that none of these characters are really that, like, as iconic. Because, like, MK2, we get Kung Lao, who we talked about. Baraka, who I feel is really creative. Melina and Katana, which are, like, a female variant of the Sub-Zero Scorpion uh, dynamic and you know and so forth and like three is very kintaro is a whole nother story (laughs) kintaro was originally designed to be a tiger-like character based on i believe japanese mythology that was going to be a playable character and they realized that we don't have the resources to do this elaborate costume so they ended up doing a stop-motion model
2: yeah
1: And make another Shokan, and just give him Tiger Strike and he became which. Looking at him, I was actually kind of disappointed. I was I was impressed by three with like with I'm like, oh, we got a cybernetic, you know, um, Centaur out here. Which I'm like, no, that's not like you know, crazy sci-fi horror movie or anything like that. (laughs) But at the same time, when I look at Kentaro, the only thing that pops in my head is that hey, this is the furry version of Goro because that's all he kind of is. I'll be honest,
0: (laughs) he's furry Goro. Yeah, he is furry Goro. <laughs> but it's Can like I'll be
2: honest with you, man. I liked his design more than Goro's.
0: Really? I mean, I don't
2: know. It, it was different. So because I was like, he's oh, like
0: slightly animalistic.
2: Yeah, it was like, it's different. I'm like, cool. That that looks a little bit cooler. I never than liked him Goro. as a kid. I
1: just thought he was like, oh, he's Goro light. I definitely think that, he he's throws, seen he that spits fireballs. I definitely think you seen if Kataro had come first and then Goro became second, then I would be like, Wow, you guys were lazy in Mortal Kombat too, if all we get is <laughs> Goro and then it, like if Kantara come first. But when I think like Goro is the idea and then they evolved it into Kantara, I'm like, okay, like you guys got a little lazy. You're just like, Hey, let's just give him Tiger Stripes and call it a day. But yeah, if they would have gone from Tiger Stripes and like this weird realm of whatever to Gora, I would be like, wow, you guys really just didn't try at all. You're just like, screw Uh, it. Let's just do it. It's good that it went the
0: other way around and it was a proper evolution. But I do feel like, yeah, MK3 was an evolution into... Okay, now we're at a loss and we're just going to spitball. Most of it, like to read, like I have like an old book, uh, the MK3 Ultimate Guide, uh, with some of the characters they developed for that, uh, and like thoughts from Ed Boon and John Tobias. So mm-hmm. It's basically just, once again, inspirations from like what they've consumed because Cabal is the sand people from Star Wars combined with the flesh. That's yeah. it. Okay. Like like, Tobias said, he's like, I always loved the Flash, I wanted to do a character like that, and they just thought that they give him the aesthetic of the Sand People, and give him the mysterious story where, like, we don't know who he is, he's a nomad, he might have been disfigured by Shao Kahn's forces, and, And, like, the Cyber Ninjas were said to be, like, inspired by Boba Fett, so they're just like, let's make, like, a character that has all these fucking gadgets in him, and he's cool. Probably a little predator in there too, with like the dread, the metal,
1: the rubber dreads. I like, I like the evolution of Cabal because you know, like you said, Josh. I remember reading that. Yeah, Cabal was meant to be like, um, you know, the sand desert people but he has flashlight powers and i was like okay that's cool that's like a different realm of the world and then like later on you know they decided oh cabal this guy let's just make him a construction worker from new jersey that works with Kano occasionally and i'm just sitting here like <laughs> how does that work <laughs>
0: well i mean i think it might be revealed in the n m 3 that he was a black dragon uh yeah but, like, I, th- I feel like at they the changed outset, that. You don't know who he is yeah because you know, like I-, it- I think it was always like that but at the beginning of the story you don't know who he is I know he was he was, dis- he was disfigured by Shao Kahn's
1: extermination squad, I kind of feel that that's a little bit of a missed opportunity though, because I like the idea of like basically a desert nomad uh, with a mask on for whatever reason that has flashlight powers. That's, not, in my opinion, that's a missed opportunity for Mortal Kombat to actually have like a really good, I guess you could say, like Arab character. I think that would I think that would have been a great opportunity for that, but mm. they just
0: chose not to do that. Well, nomad in that sense, I mean, Arab character, we got uh, Aramak. Well, Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern, yeah. yeah and feels, rain to an weird. extent, too.
1: He's like, like, Aramak just, like, whenever I see Aramak with the, with, like, with the mummy thing, my first thought is, like, okay, maybe you're, maybe you're, like, Egyptian, but that kind of, that's kind of stereotyping which Mortal Kombat does, so I guess that makes sense. But when I think of Aramak, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, oh, you're, like, you're a super zombie. You're like Jason, but in Mortal Kombat. So, yeah,
0: I don't like that's how Aramak become. Um... It's funny how, like, these these stories that started to develop in 3 with, like, these ninja characters specifically, how they tried to expand them in the 3D games and give them their own design, and I'm not a fan of how, like, they branched off, like, Reptile, Aramac and, to an extent, Rain. Like, I kind of just rather them be normal
1: ninjas. Um,
0: <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm, I'm kind of the same way, because, like, yeah,
2: they're color-swapped ninja or whatever. I mean, you could still have some kind of... Uh call back to like in their in their design their main designs to them being sort of have that ninja costume uh some of them do they have like some of the the kind of like pointed shoulder yeah things some of them but yeah i don't know it's it's i mean you gotta you're gonna have to like they have to make variations they gotta differentiate have make them all have their own character ideas they have the freedom so like why not yeah you know why not give you know character designers you know the chance to go wild and kind of, you know, explore, which I, I, I applaud is just, you know, it's for people who followed it from the beginning. It's like, I guess it is an evolution, but I kind of want a bit of that, you know,
1: core original design back in it. I I guess
2: they, they may have done an 11 a bit. I'm not sure.
1: I do think. I do think that like once you get into Mortal Kombat 4 and up, and you're seeing, this is to your point, how like the character designs really like, kind of suffer in that like era. I think what also suffers is just when you're creating new characters, they really kind of got lazy with some of their choices and, and their interpretations of them. Like an example of this, which I didn't even know who this person was until the movie, is Natara. Josh was telling me about the tar <laughs> the game, and, and and I'm like, oh, she's a vampire that can fly, so she's like a succubus. I'm like, wow, you will be not, honest, you could not I have done don't. a more well, dude. Like like looking at it from like a character design perspective, you're thinking like, okay, let, here, let's put a vampire chick in Mortal Kombat. Like, could you have, could you have thought of a more generic design than that? <laughs> It's, so, it's right in a Mortal Kombat. I mean, it does, like, but...
0: Let's just pick, like, uh, you know, a uh, uh, archetype. But I, I'll be honest, I barely remember Natara. I can't remember if she's playable from the outset or if she's
1: unlockable. Yeah, but in a way, but, like, like once I read about her a little bit after the movie, I was like, wow, I'm glad Kung Lao killed her. Kill that, like, vanilla, <laughs> kill that vanilla character design and That's everything. That's a because I for... kind
0: of like the actress in the actual movie. She looks nothing like the game version. Uh, she's a little less sexualized and, I mean, she is sexualized a little bit by Shang Song. Isn't she beautiful?
1: <laughs> I've never... Uh, I've yeah, that
0: screech is a real turn-on. I mean, honestly, um, Josh,
1: I don't think I've ever... I, I I can't even count on my hand, really, in, like at all, that I've ever actually seen a vampire succubus character that is not sexually attractive. Like, seriously. I mean, a
0: succubus, but uh, I don't remember much of her. I, yeah, I don't remember much of her and, uh but uh like, i know uh from four because that, that's i played that quite
2: a bit yeah uh, me too. but there, even though i played that quite a bit i do not remember jarek
0: at all because he's so fucking forgettable until i showed you the clip from uh what sonya's ending yeah i remember that like i i once you showed me that I was like, oh yeah i remember that ending because it was like Ev- everything about him is forgettable from his name jarek I you fucking, like? <laughs> we already have King Gerard or King Jared, so it's just like Jared with a K, Jarek, And he's think, just Kano light. He's just Kano without a faceplate and without anything that makes him memorable. I think he's just Kano. Yeah. I,
1: I, I, I think there's a I think there's a guy who works at the local bank who lives down my street. This named Jarek. Jerick. Jerick
0: MK4 was full of flubs. Like, because there's also uh, Kai. Have any of you looked up or remember Kai? Nope. I remembered him because I was like, oh. He's
2: he's the black character. That's he yeah. I just
0: discovered that today that he was black because I remember what? him from the game and I remember oh he's another white lotus guy stand in thing, and maybe it's because the N sixty four version didn't render them properly. But I looked it up today and it's like oh he's black, so that makes him at least really? a little bit more distinctive. You uh, never. I always. I I mean same thing of Tanya because uh, like Tanya obviously black, but when she was brought back for MK uh, X. They whitewashed her and people complained and then they, they properly adjusted her. And like, she was obviously black to me in MK4, but it's funny to yeah. note that the model, the actress model for her character was actually the actress who played Sindel from MK3, who was not black. It was Hispanic. Um, so it's like. If for four. She, she, mo- she was Sindel's actress for three and she modeled for Tanya in four. And like then, motion capture or like just like actually like We're going to have design? to come to this when we do our MK4 episode because like there's people like Carrie Hoskins who played Sonya in MK3. I is, think you're is, thinking of Deception. No, I'm right now. I'm totally thinking of 4. Because Dude, I'm looking at Deception now and that totally looks like Sundell. Actors from 3 who came back and were credited for 4 at least modeled for him. Because Carrie Hoskins still models for Sonya. The actor who played Jax still models for Jax. Uh, Rich, oh, okay, Rich DiVizio, okay. who played Kano, modeled for Quan Chi. Even though they weren't digitized actors, they kind of, like, used base models. And the model for Tanya was the actress who played Sindel in 3, who was Hispanic. And it makes oh. me wonder, like, Tanya obviously looks black to my eyes, but I don't know if they, like, interpreted her as that. They just kind of went with it. And it wasn't until they, they and tried four, to she'd, her back.
2: she... To me, she looked black, and I'm looking at it now. To me, she actually, did too, definitely.
0: which is why everybody, when they tried to whitewash her intent, was like, "Wait, what the fuck are you doing?" But like Kai was one that, like, looking at it now, I'm like, "Oh yeah, he was totally supposed to be black." But my mind, maybe it's because he's just so unfucking memorable because I don't remember anything from him since except he's another Liu Kang or or Kung Lao. Who gives a fuck? Uh, you know, same thing. Well, with honestly, Fushi. like, if I'm if we're talking about Tanya, it looked like she was kind of being whitewashed in like in four armageddon oh of. she was in armageddon wasn't she yeah everybody was in armageddon i don't. i'd, I'd never look to see what she looked like in armageddon like they
2: definitely they definitely lightened her skin tone interesting in like deception and armageddon uh and mk yeah mk9 as well she's in yeah it's weird Oh uh, no, she's like she's like in the background,
0: like as a bone, yeah, background character. Like she's, she's yeah, I think in it the coliseum
2: a... being hung by a chain or whatever. Huh.
0: I think they probably didn't realize that they made her look black until people, like you know, protested that you know they. Oh. Hmm. I'm look. I'm looking at like pictures of like,
2: yeah, they, they definitely they had an update in MKX. Yeah, no, she showed, was like a coming. There was like a coming soon, like you know, preview definitely looks like either
0: hispanic
2: or middle eastern yeah, or something she was light-skinned everyone's like
0: that's not how i remember
2: tanya yeah and they
0: yeah they did it looks like they kind of darkened her a bit for when it came out sure. when it came out they definitely improved her because she looks like how she originally looked in and in, in a yeah. four but it's like yeah kai i don't fucking remember him uh I used, I remember him. I don't. I mean, I I didn't play too I mean, much of him. I remember him, but I remember him being like,
2: "Okay, this is another shot." I gravitates around. I was like, "Oh man, that's definitely like an
0: African-looking character." That's funny because my childhood brain doesn't remember seeing him as African.
2: I think maybe just my background. I'll just kind of like. Well, I think he, it's also I mean, the he's shitty a, he's, Af- he's African American, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Like,
0: looking at him now, but I, I think it's a shitty N64 graphics <laughs> cause yeah, that's what I, I, I mean. I, I had, had it on PC, but it was still pretty bad. It's it's probably better than the N64. Oh, <laughs> I'm just yeah. gonna say, uh, and like uh, like Fujin was another one where like I dismissed him as like okay low rent Raiden, where now in MK11 they kind of brought him in and he's definitely like carved out his own spot because I love whatever face model they use for Fujin. I'm like he feels memorable. Oh, I didn't know he was in Mythologies. He was. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, MK4 and MK Mythologies like kind of had Han this cooperative thing where like because Quan Chi debuted in both of those well I mean he debuted in the the Defenders of the Realm but I think it was like a collaboration to showcase this new character because he was one of the villains in Mythologies and he's one of the main villains in 4 so I think it was just so yeah it makes sense that Fujin was in Mythologies as well all these more like adding to the MK mythology uh, (laughs) you know of all these characters that have been working in the background and and Quan Chi is one of them. Uh, I won't cut you off, Jay. I'll, I'll just want to say that Quan Chi is one of the most successful new characters they've added.
1: Yeah, like I, I was actually, I was actually going to ask Josh if, like, if it, if if there were, if it was ever the intention for Quan Chi to be basically the new Shang Tsung. Like, if there was ever a time, like, hey, we're kind of done with Shang Tsung. He's been with us in like four games or something, and then we're just kind of done with him. And then Quan Chi was just gonna take over because even though they look radically different, Quan Chi and Shang Tsung are very, very similar, at least from their origins. They're both evil dark sorcerers that raise the dead and do things with nether realm powers and stuff. And then so. they become buddy buddy.
0: Uh I don't know if that was in the intention, uh, but it certainly seems like it because you know MK4 is trying to carve new ground and Shinnok is a new villain instead of Shao Kahn. So Shinnok needs his second hand, so we bring in Quan Chi who's also a sorcerer and, you know, conniving and snake-like. And, you know, it's an archetype that just keeps on going. Uh, and just Quan Chi's so distinctive looking. And yeah. as his character devolved, a- a- devolved, as his character evolved, it kind of gained a meme status. With a, Woo-lay! Woo-lay! Um, I think he just became so, like, inseparable from the franchise yeah for like he's yeah he's one of the ones that's kind
2: of
1: stuck around um which kind of makes me wonder like when when these when they create some of these characters, i mean, I guess in a way this is kind of a good thing. it's like you you come up with a new game right, and then you create a new character, and basically, what you're doing is that like you're trying to always one up yourself from the previous game, maybe in terms of character designs, which in my opinion, you've seen that's probably one of the reasons why later MK games from the original three where they just were doing so effing much. That was just unnecessary because they're trying to one up themselves every single game rather than just create new and interesting characters basically from the ground up. Uh, But when you, but when, but when you, but I kind of get the feeling that if you create a new game, right. And then you have to have some new characters in it. That's like a mandate you just keep throwing stuff at the wall just to see if it'll stick, and then sometimes the things that stick you right. weren't really expecting. Like a, uh, I honest, I like I never would have thought that Quan Chi would have stuck around, considering how much alike he is to Shang Tsung. But he has. I never thought I that. Mean,
0: I thought that because he was yeah. so distinctive from his first appearance in the cartoon.
1: <laughs> yeah, like and actually, I never thought that reptile. I think would be one of my favorite characters in Mortal Kombat, just from a lore perspective, because I love the idea that he's become sort of uh he is actually a character it's part of his story is that he's kind of devolving. He started off as a human like character from Outworld and he just every other game seems to devolve more and more and more. Is that literally thing. part
0: of like the lore they've been developing or is that just like fan conjecture because of his appearances the game, game? it's
1: In a way, I think it's fan conjecture but it's it's almost the same as like what they did with Kano. There was never any intention to make him Australian, but the movie sort of said, No, you're going to do this now. And yeah. you know, when you think reptile, you think a reptile. So let's make him look more like a reptile. And fans are like, oh, he's becoming more lizard like, and that just kinda stuck. Like sometimes I feel like it's interesting when these games push forward, what what and what can make a character iconic is that when the fans' perception of of what they think the character is or how they think it should evolve versus what the creators are intending to do kind of rubs off on the creators and they're like, well, they're the fans. They buy the game. Let's just give them what they want. So it mm-hmm. kind of adds to them in a way. It adds a layer. And I think that when you do that, um, you can really, you know, uh, make that more uh, more relatable to the characters because you're like, oh, this is what I always thought this character would be. It's so cool. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Um, at least that's just kind of how I interpret it. Sometimes, you know, just like in writing, sometimes the characters that you're writing, they write themselves versus you doing it. Yeah, you know, yeah, that happens. I was just thinking
0: about how, like, Blank Slate, like uh, Cyrax and Scepter were, but I like how Cyrax has developed to where he gained his humanity, and he, you know, in, in, in Deadly Alliance, as early as that, uh, you know, he he is able to regain his soul and he works of Jackson and Sonia, and as we saw in Eleven too, like you know, he has you know a little bit of his humanity back. What about meat? <laughs> <laughs> oh <God>. Yeah, meat. <laughs> who is? Yeah, there's some funny characters like that. Who, who is that character? He was in MK Four. Is MK Four or Deadly Alliance? Four. Four. Uh, he, he's literally just a skinned human that's like a, a side, like secret character that you fight. I think he, he was
2: just, he was uh, experimented on by Sheng Tsung, and then he escaped yeah. before
0: the experiments were complete. Yeah, they actually have a backstory for him and yeah. other characters like Mocap, uh, which, Jay, if you don't know, we'll talk about. And uh, Blaze. Blaze, well, I mean, Blaze is super important because he's the ultimate antagonist of fucking uh, Armageddon. When did is he uh, really? Dude, yeah, no, he's. I had no man, idea. We'll get to that. What? Blaze has
1: a weird evolution, too. When did, uh, when, when did Trevor come in? Trevor? No, no, trimmer, trimmer, Tremor. Oh, is called
0: Trevor? I don't even know his canonical. Like he's the one character I haven't paid attention to because and everyone seems to love him. Is Who? he canon? Tremor? I don't, I, I don't know From
1: if he's what? canon, but like he's like a nine or ten. No, he's, he's a in ten. Character. But the thing I kind of didn't like about Tremor is that a lot of people were talking like, oh, this is this. Classic character from one of the older games, which obviously I'm isn't thinking. He, isn't just, he
0: like from another franchise, or is he just no,
1: no original no. MK character? No, he did, like he's uh,
2: looking at it here. He debuted as a non-playable character in Mortal Kombat Special Forces. Oh,
0: oh, oh okay. I always thought he was from another franchise because, like, I could give a shit. He's just he's the thing from Marvel.
1: He's yeah, just a yeah, rock dude. Uh, yeah, and really, that's. Uh, that that to me right there is is much like how like Natara like is generic vampire succubus chick. Tremor is you know generic. Oh, I have earth powers. Like he's basically an, he's an earthbender, but he's not nearly as cool yeah. as any of the earthbenders in Avatar: The Last Airbender. He's he's no toff <laughs> at all. So like it just he just he feels generic, and I think that kind of gets to Wait. you know like so he's just a ninja. Huh? He, well, I mean. Is? I is think 10
0: design is a little bit more unique than the Ninja. He has since been represented in fan games where they just use a pellet swap Ninja thing that uh, give him a few more design elements. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never fucking played him. I never unlocked him. Uh, I, never I never, heard never heard of cared him too, about now. him.
1: Holy crap. I mean, that being yeah. said, I'll give him credit for the name. Like, if you're going to do a like, character that has, like, you know, Earth-moving powers, Tremor's not a bad Mm -hmm. way to go. If you're gonna have a
0: character in Mortal Kombat named Tremor, it better goddamn well be Kevin Bacon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder wonder if they actually would make, like, if his name is Tremor, but that's his alias and his real name actually is Kevin Bacon. I could see so so many copyright things for that, but that would just be too funny. I'm gonna have to research
0: Tremor a little bit more because he's a character I haven't given a shit about. And like, I'm surprised to learn he's original. I thought he was from another franchise. Are we sure? I mean, no, no, I mean, that's, I mean, that's why I'm, I'm granted
2: it's on like the fandom wiki or whatever. (laughs) It could be wrong, but that's what it says. Um, speaking of like movie adaptations, like, how did Reiko get into the new
0: movie? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, I I have I, no, fucking I have no idea who Rayko even him. was. Like I'm one of these See, dudes that just never... I liked
0: Rayko in MK four. I liked like, him in four, he...
2: but at the same time, like he changed so much and like like he was not a big bulk like hulking character in four I think
0: his representation in the new movie was a misinterpretation of how he looked in Armageddon, because basically in four uh He was a last-minute addition, too. They were going to put in Rain or someone else, and they decided not to, and they just did... His ninja body literally is sub Zero MK4 body with a, a bare face put on. And, like, I thought it oh, looked cool. He's like a ninja without a mask, and he's got this cool tattoo, and he throws ninja stars. And his backstory is, like, he covets Shao Kahn's throne. Like, he's an interesting character. But in Armageddon... uh. I forget if he was in Deception. He, you know, they gave him more Shao Kahn armor for his costume, Mm -hmm. and he looked more buff. And I feel that any interpretation of him after that, uh, with the exception of Conquest, uh, if you remember, pretty much loyally depicts him as he was in four. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's talking to Shao Kahn. I feel like in the 2021 movie, they were looking at Deception I'm sorry, Armageddon, and just thinking, this dude's buff. Let's make him a brute character. And then, he still has the tattoos, but they're like white instead of black, so you barely notice them. Right. Uh, and like, he just, you know, they completely went off course from what Reiko should be. But, you know, in MK4, I dug him. Like, he was almost one of my mains, just because like, he's cool. He's a ninja, but he's not. He's a
2: ninja, but he's not. He's a ninja, but he's not.
0: Uh. So yeah, like, I, I do
2: Should we move on to the PS2 era games? Because there's, like... I don't think we should go through every one of them, because holy crap, there's a lot.
0: No, yeah, holy crap. And like, there are some that that have survived into, like, the modern... That's the thing. It's, like, we've been diverting a lot, too, because, like, I haven't probably said enough about, like, how MK3, you know... what? Started to... I haven't said enough about MK3 was probably the start of when, like, the characters started to become uninspired. Right. Uh... And then moving into four, uh but then yeah, into these PS2 era games, um it's funny to see now these characters being rebrought into like MKX and eleven, you got your Bo Rai and uh Frost. Yeah, which, Kenji,
1: uh, which Kenji, speaking of him, I mean, I, I'm probably in the minority on this, but I actually thought Kenji was very generic when I first saw him. I'm like, oh, you're like a cool mystical dude, but of course you're blind. And I'm just like... I
0: mean, I, he kind of is. He's kind of a mystical martial arts movie stereotype blind swordsman. I thought he looked I think his dope, original. I love, yeah, I love
1: his like, name.
2: Right? Yeah, I, I like, like his concept of, of like... like him. I, love, I love the concept of like a blind
0: swordsman. Uh, it just is really cool. But isn't that type of a trope though? Like, is not hasn't that been done like so many times in like movies? See, I think so. Yeah, but I how many? How much have it been done in games though? Exactly.
1: Uh, uh, surpri- uh Surprisingly more
0: than you think. <laughs> um, it's been. I don't know any other blind swordsman in video games except for him. So, <laughs> yeah, same. Um, and I I really like how they 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 fleshed out his character in Ten. You know, they gave him uh, you know a personality. And they give him a son too. Yeah, the fucking um, Takeda, yeah. Yeah. Which is a long backstory about that. Yeah. And I love the backstory, actually, Kenshi, because it it, it crosses over with uh, Airmac. Really? Oh, yeah, because in the original timeline, uh, Airmac eventually gets his, I don't want to say soul. Because he's multiple souls. But he gets his humanity back thanks to Kenshi. Kenshi like helps free him from Shao Kahn's like mm. uh influence and Airmac in turn, to thank him, teaches Kenshi his telekinetic powers. Yeah. Because Airmac had those powers in Ultimate MK3. That's how Kenshi gets his powers. So like Airmac is a good guy in the original timeline eventually. Ah. And he basically teaches Kenshi. It wasn't until like the Nether Realm games were Air Max still remains kind of a villain, right? Yeah, and I was like that, like intersection. Yeah,
1: yeah, and like I will say that at least from at least from like a character story perspective, that makes Kenji honestly really cool because you could attach yourself to him not from just his look, which I mean he does act, like he does look cool, but also just that background story and that connection that he has to all the other characters. yeah, um, so always, many connections because he, yeah. he has
0: a connection to Scorpion because he gives Takeda over to Scorpion. He has a connection to uh, Air Mac, and I think he's also instrumental in uh, helping Cyrax discover his soul and regain his humanity. Uh, and of course, uh, he worked with you know, the special forces of Jax and and Johnny
1: Cage and all that. So like, he he's, intersects
0: a, with so many like established characters. It's kind of neat.
1: He sounds like he sounds like basically the dude that just about every single Mortal Kombat character likes. So he's basically Raiden, but not a dick.
0: Yeah, except now, uh if since you've not neither of you have played much of the crypt in MK eleven, uh it, one of the discoveries is there is Kenshi's corpse.
1: Oh. Oh.
0: In deep in Goro's lair, uh behind Goro's throne room, you find the mummified remains of Kenshi, and uh Keri Tagawa comes in in a voiceover and says something like he was pleased to take his soul. Oh. So Kenshi's Kenshi's no. dead.
1: He was in ten, right? Oh he was in X, right?
0: <laughs> He's an X, but he's not yeah. eleven. Yeah, he's not eleven. That one part.
1: <laughs> well, don't worry. You know, like I mean, they're resetting the, the timeline. Yeah, lines. yeah. Don't worry, they're resetting the timeline anyway. Because sure, we have to. <laughs> so. But
0: there are a lot of characters, like in in and that, in and that first go around for the 3D for the PS2 era's Deadly Alliance, uh, they brought in much like four, where they kind of were split between really unmemorable characters like Jarek and indispensable characters like Quan Chi. They kind of had the same thing where they they had like characters that would become beloved, like Bo-Ride Cho, who is a stereotype, but at the same time is so full of character that you can't, you know, you can't not love him.
1: I guess like one thing about some of these, I guess like some of those later games is that, um, and maybe it's something that we can get into, like maybe possibly right now, is like the characters that were introduced into games That never came back again. That we all know why, likely they didn't come back. Because I don't think Natara has ever come back in any game. Um, Jarek has. Oh, well, they both have an Armageddon. Like
0: any character introduced uh, in the PS2 era games. Like if they were introduced in Deception or Armageddon, they did come. Or Deception and Deadly Alliance, they did come back for Armageddon because literally every fucking buddy was in Armageddon. That was the
1: point of it. So, so yeah, yeah, because it was at the time it was considered like what, like it uh, was the MK3 was that the idea ultimate. Behind-
0: yeah, that was the, uh, it, was the yeah. it was the everybody game. It's everybody. It was, it was the game. everybody game. Throw them, throw him in.
1: Yeah, I mean, and of course that was a that was apparently the last game of that particular timeline. Yes. Um, um, which actually, like, like one evolution of a character that I definitely feel like is worth noting here, just before we just kind of, like, move on to other things, um, is Shao Kahn himself. Just because he was always the big mm. presence in, um, in MK2. And from a character design perspective, he really hasn't evolved much, but I don't really know if I want him to. Because, like I was saying earlier before we started recording, that he is, um, you know, rumored, but not 100%. Um, you know, he has ties to Onaga and... Um, what deadly alliance yeah uh, deadly? i need to like cuz
0: he has evolved from being like i thought he was just a meaty dude who took over outworld to now maybe in the ps2 era or in the nether realm games he is confirmed to have god lineage to where he is literally a god emperor and not just a meaty dude uh yeah and i feel he has he has evolved in like characterization cuz like in the 2d games his voice uh boy I wish I had notes to, to recall the guy that voiced him, but he was a cohort of John Tobias and Ed Boone. Uh Had this, Which... just this dominating dark essence to it, where in the NetherRealm
1: games, I almost feel like he's a meme of himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, he is. But I always thought he was just neat, because like, when you see a dude like that, it's like, I don't know what to think about him. About. He's got like an influence of everything. He's like, you know burly muscle man with i guess um i guess like uh, uh genghis khan influences because he's a Khan. oh yeah totally so i guess he's i guess a little bit he's from he's descended from like or has influence from like the mongols back then well, i don't think but there's he fights actually with a any gigantic... like
0: lore that he's descended from mongols he's from Al- yeah there, but... yeah
1: but i always thought it was kind of cool that when he fights he fights with a gigantic freaking hammer and i just thought that that was just neat, just from that. Like, I always think that when you have characters that fight with a hammer, like a giant hammer, my first thought is always Shao Kahn. Like, at least now, because I always thought he was just unique for that. Well, that's his thing, um, and
0: Reiko's thing now, apparently. Yeah. I, I want to say I Noob, just, noob Saibot had a hammer in MK3, because there's, like, the whole thing of, like, they shortened his name at one point to Noob, and he uses the hammer, like the ban hammer. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Was like was he always as a character progression thing? Was he always the original Sub Zero? No, the that didn't like come into the beyond? BS2 games. That's one of the okay, things. Okay. Like,
0: like I, I kind of have an irritated tick with with Noob Saiba. Is Wait, two onwards? No, hmm. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm no, I, I got confused. That though, I was thinking Annihilation, but he's not in there. Oh yeah, because I knew you forgot Noob Saiba was even in two. Yeah, which I, I won't fault you for knowing because the way you fight Noob Saiba in two is you have to win. Goddamn, was it like two hundred some matches or whatever in two-player mode? Wow, in a row, in a row. Such a yeah. Well, I don't know if it's in a row or not, but like you have to be like the ultimate (laughs) MK2 champion, and at that point, the game's like, hey, if you're so good, why don't you fight this guy? And he's the hardest secret character to fight. Uh, but like his characterization has been just shrouded in mystery. That I fucking loved it. Like in MK3, they really play it up. And I think that's where they, uh, first mention, or maybe it's MK4, the, uh, Brotherhood of Shadow, not the League of Shadows. That's Batman. Um, <laughs> like, you know, he's some mysterious thing. We learn he's in leagues of Quan Chi and Shinnok. And yeah, it wasn't until MK, I think Deception, where they reveal that he's actually the, you know, reincarnated version of Behan Sub Zero. And which I'm cool with. That's a great revelation. I just hate how it's presented in the Netherrealm games where like there's no mystery behind it anymore. Anytime he comes out, everyone's like, Hey Behan," <laughs> And he's so fucking dark emo, like the shadows, the dark. It's just like he's a little bit of a cringe character now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but he's also awesome. I, I just think
1: new Cybot is funny. I actually love the way he sounds in um um in MK11, just cause like he has this Doctor Evil or Dr. Claw. Like he's voice. totally Doctor Claw. Yeah. I almost want to say it's the same voice actor. Yeah, I don't think it is. But I just like the fact that they just gave him that. Like well, that
0: would be Frank Welker, by the way. Yeah, that would, that would be Frank
1: guy. Welker, by the way. But I, but but I just find it funny that they just gave him that voice because, like, hey, let's just make him like the most generically dark, evil character ever. Like he like he's basically barely human anymore, just because he has that voice. I just thought that was just funny.
2: So how did they explain him in Ultimate MK3 in retrospect? Because in, in
0: uh, Ultimate, it, you have Noob Saibot, classic Sub-Zero, and the new Sub-Zero. Well, here's the thing that confuses me about the classic Sub-Zero. Because like, yeah, the way they explained him in Ultimate MK3 was just that they may have mentioned the Brotherhood of Shadow for the first time, but they kept saying that he was, you know, in secrecy. I don't know what his ending is. I don't remember if he's fully playable in the arcade or if it was in the home console versions you know uh, uh you could play all of them in the on, the on the sega version at least uh yeah in the in the home console versions like like even rain you know rain wasn't playable in the arcade oh, yeah. version he was a joke character I don't know if they gave much thought to it, but like uh classic Sub-Zero is the one that dogs me and this is one of the biggest gaming mysteries that dogs me about as much as the claw marks in the tree from Ocarina of Time. Uh <laughs> uh which anyone listen to this if they like Zelda they might know what I'm talking about, but when they introduced classic Sub-Zero in Ultimate MK3, his ending if you beat the game is mm-hmm. that after he beats Shao Kahn, he removes his mask and reveals himself to be a lost fighter from the first Mortal Kombat tournament who has suddenly reappeared and who may have a greater role in the next tournament. And that's it. They don't elaborate on it. They don't... He's not a character in MK4 unless that's who like someone like Reiko or Noob Saibot's supposed to be. He's he, Oh! Then <laughs> it's ruined. It's ruined if that's it. It's like... I, I think there was little thought put into it, and they just yeah. like rolling with it because he's not supposed to be a canon character. Because as we, you know, find out, Sub Zero's new Uh That just bugs me so much. I want to find out what that was supposed to be, and maybe in doing our MK three episode, I'll do some research and find out what that's supposed to be. I don't know if there ever has been an answer. And if though. you can't find anything, you should. Uh, well, no, Tobias would have been gone by Ultimate, right? No, he was. He was still involved in Ultimate. You should like. Tweet at him and see if he has a, an explanation, dude. Let's yeah, let's do that. We should uh, do that. Tweet yeah. at him from our mortal, from our uh, combat time, combat account. time Twitter. Since I don't have a Twitter, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, let's fucking do that because I want to get to the bottom of this. Uh, to quote Sonya from the MK ninety five movie, <laughs> dude. Yeah, uh, we should do that because <laughs> like that, that's that's a gaming mystery that has bugged me to this day. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, like Noob Saibot was supposed to be mysterious all up until like they decided we we're gonna give him more story. I mm-hmm. uh, always loved his character, just how creepy, and mysterious he was. I kinda yeah.
1: like I kinda like the idea that he is, you know, Bi-Han. He is the first sub-Zero that Scorpion killed. Because if Scorpion can get killed and come back from the dead and is now part of the Never Realm, I like the idea that Bihan can be Scorpion's eternal rival in the Netherrealm. They well, just keep killing each other, and they all keep coming back. As
0: they retcon that, it's all thanks to the machinations
1: of Quan Chi,
0: <laughs> which is one thing I don't like about Scorpion's character. Because uh, at least in the first three games, he has his own agency. You know, it's his decision to come back. It's his decision to spare younger Sub Zero. Yada yada yada. And it wasn't until like they 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 retcon things in nine to where like. Quan Chi was the one who brought back Scorpion from the outset because he's a necromancer. And, like, basically, MK9 storyline, Scorpion is Quan Chi's bitch. Mm. And that's how it's been in, like, Scorpion, leg- uh, the Mortal Kombat Legends. And I kind of don't like it because it robs Scorpion of some of his agency. Right, right. Uh, but you know that's that's how the story is. Well, I mean that's now.
1: that's what they got to do, Josh. They have to make Scorpion a sympathetic villain. Well, I mean he can still be do, sympathetic be without bad.
0: having to be subservient to some guy who's pulling the wool over his eyes and he's too 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 stupid to realize. Dang it! Well, we have to pull sorry.
1: We have to pull sorry for him. Dang yeah, it, you
2: guys! Yeah. You said we we're going to move out from the ninjas. We keep going back to the ninjas.
0: Keep going. To, <laughs> I mean, they're essential to Mortal Kombat. I know, I know. But but the thing we is, we were like, launching into the the PS2 era games. We're launching into them. Well, <laughs>
1: I've I, I, I think we've already kind of Well no, here's the thing. Here's
2: here's here's the thing. Like we've established many times, even in the first episode of Combat Time, we are not well versed in the PS two games. Um which we will, like, once we get to that in our in our sort of review series, we will dive into these characters and these games a lot more. Uh right now we can't we can't really do anything outside of like what little we you know have picked up over time and like looking at the designs um like i I never knew about lee may until like this trailer for battle battle for the realm wait is she she no people thought people thought that i think i think i think melina is in there but people thought that may have been lee Lee may
0: right yeah i think i remember people talking that's the first time i ever heard her name Ultimate for fucking forgettable character from Deadly Alliance.
2: I don't like I I was reading up on her and I was like, Man, she could actually be a pretty cool character to bring back maybe.
0: I don't remember her story. She's from Adenia, right? She's from Katana's Original Kingdom. Is that her deal? Uh, let me look at it again. Uh but she basically looks like she looks like a virtue fighter character. She looks like generic, elegant woman, does the Tai Chi shit. <laughs> um, uh yeah, she does in that game.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Like again, the, the designs of those games weren't
0: great. She is in yeah, X I mean,
2: apparently. Like, she talks to ja- to Johnny Cage at one point in X.
0: Oh yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of PS two era characters that make cameos yeah. in the storyline of the Nether Realm games. Uh, Actually she's from Outworld. Not from Adenia? No. It says that uh
2: she debuted in Deadly Alliance as an Outworld warrior whose village was enslaved by Shang Tsung and Quan Chi. Her people were forced to build the temple from which the deadly alliance was summoned the soul NATO. She attempted to win her village freedom in a tournament, hosted by Shang but both betrayed. Her soul was subsequently stolen and placed in one of the in was placed in the Dragon King Onaga's soldier or one of the soldiers. So interesting. Yeah. And Bo Rai Cho saved her soul and trained her. Okay. Yeah, there's a whole thing. Like this is like this is not like I, I would dig like you know, playing as her in uh, Deadly Alliance just to like learn about her character.
0: I toyed with her a little bit. She's her her martial arts styles are kind of admittedly like I wouldn't mind. They're 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 very choppy and and, and elegant. Yeah, it's like that's the thing in MK uh, Deadly Alliance. Like everyone gets like three different martial arts styles, and it's kind of engrossing. And her' is very, yeah, it's not confusing, but like every character plays. Different. Right. Completely. And like hers was very much that type of very stylized like fighting. I wouldn't mind dabbling in her again. But okay, she she's she's tied into Bo Rai Cho, which Bo Rai Cho I love because he's not he's not an Earth Realmer. He is from Outworld, even though he has a Chinese name. Uh which I always thought was fascinating about his character that he is from Outworld, but he helps like train Liu Kang and all that. Right. I always found him fun to play in uh in X, for sure. Well, yeah. X, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, X kind of, like, gives, like, okay, there's some characters that have passed the muster. Mm. We have Tanya. We have Borai Cho, who is just fucking fun. Oh, he's Vienna, so Drunken much fun, dude. My favorite memory of playing Right of you playing Borai Cho <laughs> is when, like, me or Jay hit you out of a move when you're getting ready to puke. And the, his mouth, like, pointed towards the screen. And the puke actually just, like, went towards the oh, screen. Oh, yeah. And also, his, his <laughs> brutality is, is crazy. Because
2: he has this move where he can, like, charge forward and hit you belly first. But then if you do the brutality correctly, he does that and it busts through right. you. You're, you just it explode. just bursts through you. <laughs>
0: it's just great. And then he just puts on the floor. And oh, man. Dude, MK12, if it goes back to, like, uh old era... Bullright Show has to be there
1: yeah he has I think to be I there. think i think they'll I think they'll do that also one thing about Ride show that I like, which I think is also a first Mortal combat is that he is uh he is the first uh very much overweight fat character that they have yes. which i I'm glad yeah. i'm glad I'm glad fighting games are doing more with that Tekken did it with Bob, Bob. and street Fighter Ford, yeah, his name is Lily Bob, and uh Street Fighter Ford did it with um the guy whose name I can't forget, he was actually really good. So I mean, E well. Honda was in
0: two, so yeah, no, actually, yeah, yeah, and Jay, he, that he, yeah all thrown out the window when you think of E Honda, which he was like right when MK1 before MK1 came out,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, that's true, but to be fair to E Honda, yes, he is like he is definitely an overweight character, but sumo wrestling is also a legit fighting style, true. so. You know, yeah, I, yeah. so I think that stems more from that. Like you like I, there's very few people that I, I know mean, that let's actually be honest, if min- you're
0: overweight, you're not going to be able to do the fucking backflips that Bo Wright show actually does. In the game. I don't know,
2: man. Look yeah. at any like Samuel Hung movie and tell me differently. Hmm. Really? He is
0: very at he's very agile for his side. Samuel Hung. Why is that name sound familiar? He's Hung. overweight, but he's.
2: Yeah, he's he was. Um, I don't know if it, I haven't showed you a movie his, but I mean. There was a show in the 90s called Martial Law and he was a star of it. It was kind of like it was kind of like a Walker Texas Ranger type show but <laughs> with would like yeah with Hung. Yeah. He's what he You're he he need... trained with Jackie Chan. Like he was like an older
0: like quote unquote older brother to him in school. You're going to need to to showcase some of this to me. I want to see it.
2: Yeah, I'll show you afterwards. Like he's he's pretty like yeah. Oh awesome. yeah,
0: Jemmy, you are right. He he is the first, besides the Honda, overweight character. I just recall Jack watching us play uh, <laughs> it might have been Burry show versus uh, Leatherface. Oh, like, yeah. To where, like, Jack oh, said, God. whoa, man, they're both chunky guys because Leatherface is a big, stocky guy. And yeah. It's just like, <laughs> it just seems like he was critical. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 I was hoping he would be an 11 because, man, he is, like, such a fun game to c- play. They can't repeat DLC like that. Uh, Freddy is a 9, he, thus he can't be in 10, sadly. Leatherface is in 10. No, I'm not talking Honestly, about Leatherface, I'm talking about Bo-Rai Oh, well, like I said, um, I mean, that too, the, uh, seems like, because like, Airmac was in 10 and he was great, but they didn't bring him back for 11, except for like a little cameo, like as like one of Shang Tsung's summitables, so it's like, I feel like they kind of want to, like you know, stagger it out. Like I, I guarantee, guarantee you, if if MK12 is going to be old era, Bo Raicho is going to be there. He, yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, I think I
1: think that I think that's a shoe in. So,
2: I guess to like you know, kind of wrap up the PS2 era designs. Like, what are what is our overall opinion of like both aesthetically and like what characters we know about like. What are your impressions of the of this era of Mortal Kombat characters? Because for me, I mean, this is gonna sound like insulting to the games because I don't know them honestly, but they look they look the most generic out of all the characters. Like, there's a lot of oh, them that kind of look like they should be in like I don't know, Warcraft game or something, <laughs> or an extra in like a Gladiator movie. Like, it's it's really weird, like all the and all the dudes are super buff and bulky. Like it's it's like they all came from the well, same engine as like uh, Gears of Gears War, of which War. I wonder if they are. Yeah, While
0: well, we both said it at the same yeah, time, I wonder if they, exactly I wonder if these right.
2: games were made in the Unreal Engine because for some reason they... I don't know if they
0: were made in the same engine, but it was at least from the same era of gaming where like you know the the male buff protagonists all have to have arms that are bigger than their head yeah which you know is is why Rako became what he was in the movie, mm-hmm. but it's like i mean, if I had to say like yeah, they're all mostly forgettable like fucking uh what what tavin a derek who who's the order realm guy who some glad they're all so fucking generic cobra uh are oh, talking about
2: dagan and Taven?
0: dagan and taven yeah
2: yeah but but from what I've heard like when like whenever I listen to like uh uh mortal podcasts like they're like pretty critical in in a part of the MK story. Yeah,
0: it's like they thought up like how they tie into all the lore and all that. Like I yeah. said, so the PS two era games were about expanding the lore because that's yeah. where the whole Bihan is a uh, noob cybot thing, like flourished. soul NATO. And this the soul that yeah, that happened in Deadly Alliance. <laughs> uh, Deadly Alliance is the one I've played the most and like there are like Mavado is a character I do like from that. Like, that's the one that stands out. Uh, he shouldn't because he's generic looking. He's just, uh, admittedly, very handsome dude uh, with you know very black. He looks like hair. he should be in Devil May Cry. Yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah I, I can see that. <laughs> he's just got this pose in his character portrait where he's like almost getting ready to wipe his 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 lip. And he just looks so cool and suave, and like his backstory, he's he's from the Red Dragon, which is the Black Dragon was an offshoot from. He killed Cabal and took his hook swords, and he has this cool harpoon thing. And he just kind of had a cool too. Like I actually like he was almost one of my mains in Deadly Alliance when I played him. Really? I when I played it, yeah. Like he's cool, he's suave. I want him to be. He's mentioned in like MK Eleven dialogue. Like they they keep calling. He's in the MK forgotten. X books uh, Comic books apparently. Yeah, the comic books like uh, along with him, uh, uh, Sue How, which is like the one of the most maligned characters from the PS Two eras. Are you familiar with him? Who? Sue How. No. Yeah. Right. Complete blank. They actually do a thing where Aaron Black, uh, which if we get to the Nether Realm. Eras is one of like the best original new characters. Uh, unfurls his bag of bounties and, uh, among them rolls out the severed head of Suhao, who is a very stereotypical, uh, Mongol character from the Red Dragon who's teamed up with Movado. Who he's got like these leather straps and he's buff and he's got like this. He's he do, got he, this.
2: He does. Well, he does have this weird like hat that i can't tell if it's a police hat or it's like supposed to
0: be like a dictator's hat very stereotypical like like but then he uh, has
2: but then he has like the kano laser but on his chest
0: yeah there's there's a there's a connection of that with kano because like i said kano is the black dragon which is a derivative of the red dragon which is what suhao is part of Mm. And basically, like, everybody hates Suhao. Okay. He actually gets killed by Scorpion in the MKX comics. Wow. He gets his face fucking Which, punched in. But, like, he's just this yeah. random character that looks just like this, like, snm leather strapped dictator hat wearing dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, like, yeah, and I think, like, at least just to kind of mm. summarize PF's. Like the PS2 games, granted, I'll be the first to admit I haven't really played hardly any of them. But at least from what you guys have told me and just from what I've looked at, it definitely feels like that they were trying too hard, I guess you could say, to like make these characters all stand out to the point to where they're just cluttered because they're, like, they're just designing them to the point of just basic... Uh, basic aesthetics. It's like all the, male char- all the male characters are super buff with way too much clutter going on, and then all the female characters just need to look as sexy as absolutely possible. I like that the male characters basically... have too
0: much clutter going on, and the female characters have too little clutter going on. Yeah, it's I just. I will say Ashra yeah, is just very... the exception, though. Oh, yeah, Ashra. What yeah. fucking game is she from? Uh, Deception. Deception, yeah, which I... I looked her up right before we started the podcast. I'm like, wait, who the fuck is she again? <laughs>
2: I don't know. I don't know who she is. I yeah. remember seeing her in like I think whenever I watched like reviews of Deception or whatever or Armageddon, like I would remember seeing her like, Oh, that's really interesting. Oh, she's got like a Kung Lao type hat. Like well not. Alright, Kung-
0: she's the one that's kind of like a a, a a like a Shaolin type, another like member of them, right? Kind of.
2: But apparently she's actually a demon from the Nether Realm, so
0: Oh, okay, well
2: <laughs> Yeah. <coughs> so yeah, but we'll, we'll we'll find out more about but,
0: these characters when we actually review them.
1: Yeah, there's yeah, so many good games. <laughs> so uh, so many
0: of between like Arm uh, Deception and Armageddon. Like God,
1: it really it really actually kind of like says a lot when you can look at like the new Nether Realm um, uh, Nether Realm games, like from 9, 10, and eleven, and how many new characters are in those that have stuck around versus how many new characters were in the PS2 era games that. Well, <laughs> what's funny about um, them because there's I there's think there's
0: less did. new characters than there were in the PS4 I
2: games. I think that's what makes it more. E- what's, what makes it easier for them to like you know flesh them out and make them more important is that, like in each of the, you know ninth X and eleven, it's like at the most there's like five maybe new characters each. Well, time. I mean nine. Yeah, nine had new, no new characters.
1: Yeah, nine had no
0: new it, well, except for Scarlet, who is. Inter- well, wait a minute.
1: Wait, Wait a minute. What about um? What about Cyber Sub Zero? Oh, is- I mean, okay, yeah. Technically, he's a
0: quote unquote new character, but uh, it's still Sub Zero. He's very for- he's very forgettable though. He's trust very me. forgettable, he's and they Sub-Zero, abandoned yeah. it. I-, I find that funny that canonically Sub Zero gets cyberized, but in Ten they revert it back because magic. Um, Yo, Kira just Scar- looks like a t- uh, uh
2: Laura Croft. Who Kira? Kira? She looks like a mix between Laura Croft and like Blood Rain.
0: Is this from? Uh, are, are we talking about? Uh, no, this Armageddon? is from Deception. Oh yeah, I'm just, I'm just it. looking Kira, through. Yeah, yeah, that's another one I forgot. Yeah, Laura Croft. I think she was supposed to be an Earth Roamer type, normal mm. fighter. I Sorry, I, I
2: keep, I keep, because I'm just, I'm just scrolling through this Wikipedia
0: page and like looking at characters that I don't recognize, and it's just, it's, it's weird. I just remember like years ago looking at the roster for uh Armageddon and being like who who are half of these assholes? I don't know <laughs> uh there there's a couple <laughs> I didn't mention there's like i mean the the most celebrated though in deception is a uh, shinjuku, shinjuku am I saying it right, and where uh from deception um... Shinjuku. He's a main character you play as in the conquest mode because the story oh, yeah, is yeah, tied yeah. in to how Onaga gets resurrected in yeah. in the Conquest mode, you're playing as him as a young man, and in the roster in the game, he's now like aged up to be an old man and like his story is like essential to like everything. And like a lot of people oh. have like come to confess their love for him.
2: Oh so the the the, the character Yeah, okay. This, I didn't know that was him from the Conquest. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, Deception was where really like fleshed out the whole idea of doing a story mode. Yeah, where it became what it is this now in the Nether Realm games. Cool. Yeah, no, like he—he's the real deal. Yeah. Um, but it was like, oh shit, what character were you mentioning? It's just like with the Nether Realm games. I feel like, yeah, uh, who the fuck were you we mentioning?
2: From the Netherrun? Scarlet. Game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Scarlet was, you said it was in 9.
0: Well, Scarlet then, was kind of like a Rain character where she was a rumored character from as early as MK2. That okay. they kind of like threw a bone and made her an actual character in MK9. Right. But besides that, there were no original characters except you were just disagreeing with me and saying who was in MK9? Yeah, I mean, uh, other than that, it's like Cyber Sub
2: Zero, there's Scarlet, and then there's like Kratos and Freddy Krueger from like. Oh, well, they <laughs> do the fucking
0: really count. Yeah. it don't fucking count. I thought that That's my it. mind's going... I thought, I thought you mentioned someone else, which is what made us rewind to the to the PS2 era games. Mm-mm. I can't fucking... No, remember. I, I was just saying 9. that... We were just saying that, you know,
2: I know the like, NetherRealm games, they had less... They introduced less characters with each iteration, which made it yeah. easier for them to integrate them into the story. Whereas, you know, there's just so many characters, like new characters in, like, you know, Deadly Alliance and Deception and Armageddon. Yeah, agreed. Where it's like, cause like it's, it's hard Nine to keep track.
0: Like, Nine was pretty much just a, a like a, a nostalgia fap at you know, three games. So right. like, they barely had any new characters and X was breaking new ground. And that's when they tried to test the waters of so many new characters, which are, you know, critically looked at, you know, as the combat kids. Uh, and for better or worse, I think some of them rose to the cream of the crop. I'm like, we all like Nakeda. And his relationship with Jackie. And I like him, of course, because he's Scorpion's mentor or protege. Yeah, protégé. he was fun to play as. And he's got him. great attitude, but I guess not enough people liked him. Yeah. So That's that BS. in Eleven, the only people that survived are Jackie and uh, Cassie, which uh, despite the fact of them being like, you know, there's less creativity because they're just progmy of established characters. I really love them because they got a lot of attitude yeah. and friendship with themselves and they seem like part of the greater Mortal Kombat family. Yeah. <laughs> As it were. The next generation. The together. only thing
1: is though the only thing is though is that like for at least for Mortal Kombat Ten, probably like the one character I think that truly fails in Ten to ever have a possibility of coming back is uh what is it, Toro and Farah? Toro. De- like, I was gonna mention y- yeah. damn and Toro. And really like yeah, like, we almost forgot about them, but we should totally forget about them because that's what they are. They're. They are Mortal forgetting.
0: Kombat 10 oh. was a great attempt to uh, try some original characters and some stuff. I forgot
1: how
2: many original characters
0: there is. There's Ferator, there's Jackie and Cassie, there's Takeda, and then there's Kung Jin, who is Kung Lao's cousin, and, like, did you forget about him? Cause I didn't. No, I used to uh, play as him.
1: I didn't, uh, I didn't forget about, think about Kung Jin. I was annoyed that he wasn't in didn't forget about Kung yeah, but there's also, Josh, there's also Devorah, and I think Devorah's gonna just, stick around.
0: Devorah, and she stuck around, because she was in Aaron 11, Black. which, like,
1: Aaron, yeah, Black, Aaron Black,
0: I was gonna get to him, because oh, uh, of all the the original characters, Aaron Black is my fucking favorite. Dude, I did not think that yeah. he would be the one that would be, like, as popular as he is, I guess. I don't like him. He is, he, he is, I, I have trouble playing as him in 10, I haven't tried him in 11, and also, it, it goes, it's, it's, Notable that, like, he experienced a little bit of a retconning because in 11 or I'm sorry, in 10, he looks creepy. He has like pale skin and like unruly hair, and he looks like, you know, a hundred year old outworld cowboy. And in 11, I guess it's because of the time fracture, he looks young and quite handsome, uh, which has spurred some people to claim him as their husband though. <laughs> oh. <It's laughs> like, He even has like a maskless thing and he's like he's a dashing looking dude and that seems to be well, not what well, his character he's, was supposed to be.
1: Well he's well I think the reason why is that Mortal Kombat has never really had like a cowboy like character, well, I mean, That's and the thing he that's why I love it fits that bill. Because like yeah, when he was I mean, introduced in he, Tanny's he's, he's also, he's he's also out, got that like Southern charm accent too.
0: Yeah. He's an Outworld cowboy. He's not an American cowboy. He literally is from Outworld so he has outworld aesthetics, and he like you know keeps vile reptile. You know he's like Stephen King's The Gunslinger. He's just like this weird fantasy cowboy character. And he, there was a tweet that said like Mortal Kombat characters are so silly. It seems like it's just people like kids playing with toys, and they're just pulling whatever is available in the toy box. Arrowline. That's pretty much how it started. <laughs> it has always yeah, been that way. Yeah, I don't.
1: I, I feel like I feel like that's perfectly okay. Throw ideas out and see which ones stick. That's
0: why I love Aaron Because it seems like a character that like a f- a fourth grade me would have thought up with. <laughs> what if there's a cowboy, but he lives in that world? Um I wanna try and play with him in eleven, but uh like I said, I think in ten he was considered an advanced character. Right. Like he's not one you're just gonna fuck around with. So like I was kinda scared away from getting like involved in him. Yeah. And I I I would say one of
2: the most one of the most important characters. Kodo Khan.
1: Yeah, Kodo Khan.
0: Oh yeah, Kodo Khan. I forgot I, to. Yeah, I, I haven't even that, thought about him in planning for this episode. But you're how would right. You he, say that I think yeah. he
1: is my favorite new character that they introduced in 10 just because I like the idea that he wants to be the new Khan, but he's like, uh, but he's a bit better, and he has this weird kind of like Aztecian shaman like look kind to of him. Like but, a, yeah, kind of. Know, um, but like Aztec. <laughs> Uh, well, Aztec, but like, you know, or Mayan, but definitely around, you know, but definitely around that, you know, that region of influence. But I just always thought it was just very, very neat. His power set is cool, too, because he basically is a zone summoner. He basically creates little zones where things happen in those zones where it's like a buff or a debuff or what and he and he can manipulate the opponent and trap them in there which makes him very much a zoning character from a fighting game perspective but he's cool I like I also like that he's that he's a heavy hitter he's a big dude and I think Mortal Kombat needs more of those
0: he is a big dude and I like him that he's basically you know he has a quote unquote, he is a good character yeah he's he's he wants to rule but he's not he's not right. Shao Kahn a lot of people hate him though in mk11 because he's basically a jobber because he people have the joke that he's the cripple of mk because he basically spends most of mk11's storyline with his back broken and trying to like oh right himself. yeah 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 forgot about that yeah <laughs> yeah uh so yeah it's, it's interesting but no, he is a cool character and it's interesting that like his, his blue or green skin isn't it's just paint or like something that's earned because he he is a normal looking like humanoid yeah. looking character, but his title as Khan like gives him the right to don the 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 mm. discolored skin. It's there's a mythology behind him that's interesting. And that's what I think about a lot of these characters. Like it
2: feels again, don't know much about the PS2 games, but I feel like they put a lot into a lot of these characters to like fit them into the different realms and the different parts of the lore of this game of this games now. I don't know, yeah. but at the same time, the the PS2 games established a lot of the lore, so it's kind of, I mean, it was going to be difficult either way.
0: Yeah, I mean, like a lot of lore that was established in them is being picked up and run with in the in the Nether Realm games. Yeah, true. Uh, and I I think it's just hit or mi- throughout the history of Mortal Kombat, I think it's just hit or miss as yeah. to which characters stick and which characters don't, and like yeah. some characters that shouldn't have sticked, like Cabal have still stuck yeah. <laughs> because they just, like, run with them. But, like, you I know, uh, like Cassie and, and Jackie have, like, proved their worth and have continued on. Uh, but Takeda should MK be there, 11, too. huh? Takeda should be there, too. Takeda really should, but I guess, I don't know. It's, it's funny that the son of Johnny and Sonya and the son of Jax rise to the top of the, you know, thing. You mean the daughters? You mean the daughter? Yeah, whatever, She said the son of Johnny. Daughters, <laughs> as opposed to, like, you know, someone who's not directly, he's not the son of Scorpion, he's more complicated, he's the son of Kenshi, he was put under the guard of Scorpion and trained under the, it was a little more interesting, like, possible story things with him, but it was, like, you know, just generic, oh, son of, I'm sorry, daughter of previous MK character, combat kid, I think they succeed because they have so much, like, banter and, like, familial connection with each other, and yeah. just, they, grew up they together. work. They grew up together. And Aaron Black succeeds just because he's so fucking... Like, as I've established, he just feels like a perfect MK character. Devorah, yeah. I'm not a fan of. I don't know why she came back. I guess Insect Lady is kind of cool. But, like, I'll be honest. Like, those characters from MK10 who carried over, I have a soft spot for. But I can't say any of the new characters that were introduced in 11 are going to carry over. I think they all suck. <laughs> That's uh, my opinion.
2: Let's see. So it's in like, the new the new ones we got uh Cetrion, which who's the daughter of Kronika. Yeah, and then there's she, she's the,
0: technically an elder yeah. god on the same level as Shinnok. And then Chronica is the Titan. Yeah, she's a Titan, which is a retconning right. of the mythology that was established in the PS2 era games, which we we're not familiar with, but I learned, you know, like listening to uh Fucking, um, not MK Podcast, but Mortal Comcast with all the lore. Mortal Comcast? You know, <laughs> yeah.
1: There was. Mortal <laughs> Comcast? Uh,
2: Mortal Podcast? It.
0: Mortal Podcast is that, you know, the, the mythology is that there was the one being and then there were the Elder mm-hmm. Gods. MK11 fucked that up by introducing the concept of Titans. Um,.
1: And then, like, Kronika's, like, you know, minion or bodyguard. Oh, Garrus.
0: Yeah, we'll get to him. Um, but, like, you know, so yeah, I almost like, um... What's her name again? Cetrion? Cetrion. I almost like her. Like, the whole nature girl thing. Like, I can almost like it, but yeah, uh... Fucking... Kronika, spelled of a K, appropriately, is a complete retconning of past MK mythology and... I like her character design, but I don't like her. <laughs> she's not that interesting as far as
2: like... I mean, it's interesting what she... The fact that they retcon it, it's like, oh, she's been there all along manipulating everything. But yeah, as a character, is not
0: that memorable. Yeah. I don't know. My biggest, my biggest one I hate, though, is the collector, again, with a K. Yeah, with the arms and everything. Because he's, he's just like... He should be a Shokan because he has four arms, but he's not. He's a different, you know, you know, lineage. And his character shtick is that he's the conniving dealer. He's the MK. He, he's the Resident Evil Four merchant. You know, oh, I got, I got, you know, some good selection for you, stranger. What you buy him? you even selling. What you buy him? Like he even shows up apparently in the crypt, and you can trade shit with him. <laughs> but like, it's just such a fucking trope. And it's such so derivative of past MK lore that I like I kinda hate him. Mm. And then there's yeah, Garrus, um who's arguably the least derivative, maybe not, because he probably derives from a lot of other like fantasy movies. He's just Dude made of sand because the sands a time, and he has a big giant Hellboy fist, and yeah. he can't die. I like his
1: voice though. Oh uh, yeah, good. he's
0: got a cool voice. Whoever. I mean, I do like the him, way that he
2: died, where he gets he gets uh, anchored down to into the, the bottom the, of the blood ocean. Yeah, and he gets he he gets reborn and dissolved again and again and
0: again, like that. Oh, it, there's a shtick that he gets reborn.
2: Wasn't it a thing that because he can regenerate, and it's like he's going to endlessly regenerate down in the blood.
0: I guess yeah, so. he's gonna
1: endlessly regenerate. Something like that. I just remember
0: like they keep blowing him apart and he regenerates because he's fucking made of sand. But like him drowning in the ocean, which he can't drown because he's immortal. I don't. I I think the idea is he's doomed to just sit there at the bottom of the ocean, going like, oh well. <laughs> um, it's funny to have a character that is like so immortal that he like his shtick is he can't be killed. To be in Mortal Combat, where the whole shtick is that you be
2: killed. Yeah. True. But it also makes sense that,
0: you know, a character can't die in Mortal Kombat, considering what you do to them. Yeah, well, I mean, like, at this point, all the characters must be immortal, since they undergo so much fucking abuse. (laughs) But it's like, MK10 had a good start of spitballing new characters. Ferritor kind of fell... Kung Jin and Takeda fell by the wayside, but I think, you know, Cassie and Jackie and Aaron Black rose to the yeah. to the top. And I think eleven, I don't know if there was like different creative teams involved in it, but I like none of them feel like they're gonna have legs. But Well, I mean, now the the timeline is reset, so
2: Well, I mean we, time, assume. We, we assume. We yeah. assume we assume that they're gonna go back to, you know, the great Kung Lao and the first Mortal Kombat tournament or something like that.
0: Which that gives us a good opportunity to revisit, like like I said, Bo Recho or even Quan Chi or other characters. But it also gives us an opportunity to, you know, what kind of new characters could we come up with in this new setting? Assuming it's going to be the, like, the old era.
2: Well, the the, the the thing that I'm worried about is that it may become like the PS3 era games where they just have, like, a majority of new characters. Just, like, generic
0: Shaolin tournament. You know, yeah, care. yeah. I hope that's not the case, boy. Now, now you may be fearful for the future. So I don't know. Um
2: I mean, I would love to just have one thing. I, I mean, the one, the one that like. Well, at least I assume Great Kung Lao would be in the game. And if he was in oh, the game, I know that I said that I didn't like that the Kung Lao in Conquest didn't have a hat because he had the, <laughs> the rest of the outfit, but. I feel like he should have his own moveset and his own weapon, his own style. Like he, he shouldn't be just
0: oh uh Kung Lao from like hundreds of years ago. I like, wanna I wanna say that they might do that though, because like no. in the MK nine ending he does have a hat and even in the beginning of Conquest, if you remember, he starts out with a hat. He just Please. doesn't do it through the rest of the show. He doesn't wear it though. Sorry. Yeah, no, in the first in the first shot of the first episode he is wearing a hat. Oh, right. Yeah, he just doesn't use it. Dang it, I don't want that. I, I mean... Hmm. I, yeah, I don't want that as, either. Like, as, yeah, I'd rather him be his own thing and not just Kung Lao, you know, 2. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> Kung Lao
1: Kung Lao 2, yeah. English. The
2: thing is, like, I mean, Kung Lao, he's such his own character now. It's like, I, he's a descendant of Kung Lao. Sure, he has the same name. Doesn't mean he has to be the same person. And as much as I would yeah. love to, have the next game to have Kung Lao in it, like, hat
0: and all, it would be cool if the great Kung Lao... Because, I mean, in the, you know... Well, I liked how they left it open at the ending of uh, MK Aftermath 11. Um, right. Where they show him in, like, his, you know, abode, and he he doesn't have the hat. He looks like a normal he dude. He just looks like a normal monk, and Fire Luke King comes to, to guide him. Yeah. So they kind of seemed like they purposely left it open to see if they want to make him his own original thing or a derivative. well. Kung Lao.
2: But I could see that if they wanted to make him, you know, the Kung Lao, they'd be like, oh, you know, Fire Liu Kang wanted to make him like his, you know, his boy. So then he made him hm. learn how to use
0: the hat and all that stuff. I don't want to wear this hat. You just fucking put the <laughs> fucking hat on.
2: But I say that like, it, I mean, the, the images that we have from like, you know, the original comics and I mean, even in the new movie, they lifted his design from the original comics of how yeah.
0: Great Kung Lao looked. Good point. Oh, wait, wait. Specifically? Huh? From the original comics, how Great Kung oh, Lao... Oh, was it like, from the I mean, I know he's... I've he, read the original comics, but I don't remember them depicting Great Kung Lao. Yeah. Did they, they
2: show the first... I think they showed the the first... Uh, the outcome of the first Mortal
0: Kombat. I think they showed Great Kung Lao. And that cave painting with a bald dude, and we all wondered if that was supposed to be Kung Lao.
2: Yeah. Because it looked similar.
0: Dang. I may be wrong I could be I, completely wrong mm-hmm. I want to look this up because like I've read the comics quite voraciously as a kid but I haven't read them all.
2: I remember reading uh, it like a I, few I don't remember ago, a depiction
0: of Great kung Lao and it looked like that let me let me let me look at it you guys keep talking hmm. okay uh that's that's very interesting but that kind of goes into like how the characters are portrayed in like outside media too like the comics the movies and stuff like that. And, like, are the games the only one that has something special going on with them? Or, like, you know, is the formula translatable to other media? And I have a feeling that, you know, that the movies and the game and the, the comics have brought to life characters that would should eventually be in the games at some point.
1: One thing i kind of like to see is that, like, um, like, I guess maybe this would happen in Mortal Kombat 12, I guess. But, uh, like, I know in the comics... Uh, there's a side story with Goro and what happens mm-hmm. to him. I know which one you're talking about. The Prince of Pain. Yeah, yeah. Or he goes yeah. to what LA. I would like to see. No, I don't know about all that. Oh, maybe you're thinking um, of a different one. And well, I mean that may be a thing, but there's also one where Goro goes on like basically a little side quest. Um, this is the one. Yes. And 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 bad and bad things happen. I'll put it that way. But what I'm like, what I'm kind of getting to the point here is, is that I would like a character. That they make up or establish in the comics and then bring that character into the actual game. And if we're talking about twelve, which would be in theory a game of the past, one thing that would be kind of cool is Goro's father because Goro does have a relationship with his back. father, and that would yeah, and that would and that would be kind of cool to see him in a game as a fighting game
0: character. I want to say there was a character from the comics that was brought into the game, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. I can't
1: think of one. It I, might I, have
0: been like in the most deepest of lore. By the um, way, Josh. Looking mm-hmm. it up, it's absolutely the great Kung Lao
2: from the comic books.
0: No shit.
2: Like, he, he, the he, he's, a, he's a Shaolin monk shirtless
0: with a red headband. Okay, interesting. No hat. No hat. That's probably before Kung Lao came in MK2. Because uh, he would be... Oh, yeah. Mm,
2: when did the comics come out? First one came out... Oh, yeah. Uh, 95. So that would have come out after. Interesting. Okay,
0: well, like I said, it just goes to show, like we have no idea what they're if no? assuming the new ah. games, the new game is gonna go with the original timeline. We don't know how they're fucking gonna handle. Sorry, it. Sorry, really no, well. the, the Malibu comics came
2: first, and they can Well, they came in '94, so it's still after MK2.
0: Interesting. Well, yeah, we don't fucking know what to expect.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just hope that they you know make characters that are that are unique
0: and actually matter the story the biggest offense they could do is to just make generic old martial arts movie stereotype characters Mm -hmm. shaolin monk one versus shaolin monk two without like giving them their unique play style and characteristics yeah uh and and going off of mk11 i kind of guess wouldn't be very enthusiastic about them creating original characters because like i said I love none of the original MK11 characters from Gears right. to uh, Cetrion and all that. Yeah, uh, But hmm, I don't know. We'll just have to see because it seems to be just like creating an MK character isn't essential to like having the perfect creative team behind it. It just seems to be essential to having like somebody like throwing darts at a dartboard and coming up with the one that works best because like. Like I said, even in MK3, we had—I think—they were struggling, and we had Cabal, and we had other characters. But some of them, because of the the, the lore, they just managed to to rise to the top and and remain relevant.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh Like we haven't even begun to mention, like Nightwolf, who, like they from the start said, this is potentially a stereotypical character, but we want to try to exercise every ability we have to make him not stereotypical we'll see how that yeah i don't see how that well, i mean they work. try that like they said they didn't want him to be t hawk they wanted to make him feel modern since all of mk3's uh art was like you know artistic decisions were like more modern futuristic right okay and that's yeah. why they gave him the, the the futuristic glowing weapons instead of yeah. you know versus And they said they wanted to, like, and I don't know if he succeeded. Like, obviously, he's appeared in 11, and I think he's great in 11 and Aftermath, but, like, you know, he's also probably a forgettable character because he's the guy in the chair in the Defenders of the Realm. Yeah, in a fucking, (laughs) uh, Defenders of the Realm. Uh, um I think he was he was an attempt to subvert a stereotype that wasn't fully successful. But you could that but that in the games
1: you could give him Kiva and all of a sudden right before each battle Kiva like combines.
0: Dude, they yeah. should like Kiva was hey, talk about original characters. Kiva <laughs> was an original character. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Nightwolf true. does turn into a wolf for his animality, animality, animality. Uh in three, but uh Kiva was never named until the cartoon and boy, yeah, he should be good old boys should be a character <laughs> how's there not a dog in mortal Kombat?
1: i know right well there you go josh that there's your next dlc character your next dlc character from a horror movie icon is going to be Cujo. Cujo. <laughs> um i guess to wrap things up like what
2: kind of what like what's one character uh either you know already established in the lore or a brand new character that you'd want because uh we had some suggestions that we we came up with and the one that i'm gravitating towards the most, the most is art lean which i know that mm. i know that uh mk Podquest they love art lean and yo
0: art lean in the movies it's pretty dope so i think uh combat time should uh officially state that we love arlene too oh yeah we uh, here's... i don't know anyone that doesn't like arlene who how can you
2: not like Lean?
0: how can you not like arlene he's so chill um yeah i mean uh he's not a quote-unquote uh original character like as far as the games are concerned, like to be introduced, like if he were be introduced to just be a derivative of the movie, yeah. But as far as original characters and outside media, he should be front in line to be introduced as a skin, as a DLC in the games. I would love him to be in the games. Zero, less so. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm okay with zero. <laughs> oh.
1: I- I think for me, like, if they actually did bring in an original character, I would like to see just stuff that I've just kind of never seen before. And I think what would fit that, and I think this makes more sense if they decide to go back in time, like, to the very first Mortal Kombat tournament ever. So if we go back in time, say Mortal Kombat 12, what I want is some sort of, like, Mediterranean warrior, like a Greek warrior or a Spartan or something like that. Mm. I would like to see a warrior of that caliber, um. Really? In um. In yeah. Yeah. In Mortal Kombat. I mean, why not? Basically, maybe they have like a spear and a shield or something. And I mean, that seems like old school. But that just seems to me like, well, we haven't seen that before. Or what I would like is some, or, or maybe like another, like um, like some, like some type of like Arabic fighter, like with an Arabic fighting style, like who uses like say Krab Maga or something like that. That might actually eh, be kind well, of
2: well, cool. Middle Eastern, but yeah,
1: also yeah, Middle Eastern.
2: Krab, but Khab is. Like more centralized South in Israel,
1: America. right? I think um, so, but I've heard I've heard it used in other countries as well. But I, I think its origin is Israeli, so maybe not Krav Maga, but something, but like, but, but like something along those lines. Like, I would just like to see something more akin to that because I feel like that Mortal Combat uh, could go in interesting directions just with new fighting styles. Um, that's the thing; like, it well. depends
2: on oh. what they like. You know, focus on like if it's if if they focus on Earth realm, then yeah, sure. But if it's like you know, if you're gonna have people from all over the different realms, then why would you have a Middle Eastern character? I mean, well, I
1: mean, I mean, he'd, I mean, he'd be Middle Eastern okay. in,
0: in our perspective, but from outworld perspective, because like you know, Rain and Air Mac are quote unquote Middle Eastern, but they're from Outworld. Bo Raicho is Chinese, but he's from Outworld, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's true. yeah, yeah, uh. Dang, I had a point. I forgot. Go ahead. Hmm. Anybody else? No, I don't, I don't know. know. I think I've we're really towards the end of our yeah uh, yeah yeah. Uh, i pretty, pretty much said. i
1: I've pretty much uh, said my piece on this subject. Uh, we
0: barely like gone over like everything like I like thought we might talk over, but uh, I think we've covered an extensive amount of you know what we think of the characters. Uh, I, I just want to ask though, mm-hmm. be- before we go before we go out, like, has any of us, as I know, I certainly have. As a child, in the third, fourth, fifth grade, whatever grade we were, when, you know, we were hot into Mortal Kombat 1, 2, or 3, did any of us come up with uh, our own original characters? Honestly, I didn't at all.
1: I didn't either. Damn. I don't know why. I was actually pretty... I was pretty satisfied with what we got, because, I mean, I think after MK2, like... I would have never of thought of a character like Kung Lao, like never. That just like my brain no. was nowhere near that creative. Um, uh, a little kid's
0: have... not going to think up something cool as that. Maybe yeah. I'm, I'm giving I less mean, credit to little kids than they deserve. But I'll, like you uh, know, in my fourth grade class,
1: kid, I think a little kid would have actually thought of something like Baraka. But Baraka was already oh, in the game. And other and other than that, my first thought, like if I'm a kid and I want to create an Mortal Kombat character, my first thought is, hey, where's the werewolf? Like I would, I want a werewolf in a Mortal oh, Kombat. That'd be yeah.
0: perfect. Like I said. A werewolf, Aaron Black, those are perfect characters that a fourth grader would think of. But hell, fucking Cabal, a show with six arms. Uh, Why (laughs) not? Why the (laughs) fuck not? That's what the collector should have been. That's what it would have made him unique if he had six arms, Right. not four. Um, No, in my fourth grade class, we were bouncing ideas off all the time, and I had a couple I can't fully remember. one or two might be inappropriate even to mention, you know, fourth grade kids. I remember, uh, we had a couple. I had one that was called, a uh, Job, and he was based off of The Lawnmower Man because that was a movie I liked at the time. So he was just a futuristic dude in a suit. Yeah. Um, some other kid came up with, and like, I'll look at it and be like, dude, that was stupid even for a fourth grader. He had a character named Lazar, L A Z A R. And he's a character made up of, guess what, lasers. <laughs> <laughs> and he could shoot lasers everywhere. That's amazing. Uh, and there are a couple others. But no, yeah, dude, my, my fourth grade class, we were like thinking like, oh, dude, if there was a Mortal Kombat 4, uh, which there wasn't at the time, what, what characters did we put in? Man, yeah, I guess I wasn't Can't like. Can't believe I'm
2: the only one. Yeah, I mean, I I, I guess I was like, uh, like Jay where I was like, I was satisfied with a lot of the characters that were in MK2 and 3. So, so I was like, I see me. I'm looking forward to the future, being like, what's MK4 gonna look like? I didn't, and I can only imagine. I don't know, man. I was just, I was in the present. I was
0: like, here and now. Hmm, there's something to be said for being in the present. <laughs> uh, so yeah, well, I, think, I think that's a I podcast. Get, I guess we've like waxed on uh, uh, enough about yeah what we think of the MK4 characters, so or uh, the <laughs> MK characters in general. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So uh,
2: yeah, that's our podcast. Uh, yeah, tune in Another next two and time. And a half hours, where, here. as as Josh uh, hinted at, we'll be covering MK two.
0: Damn right! Yep. I've been playing a little bit of the Super Nintendo version, and fuck that game. Oh, it's so hard! I was playing the. I'm not having as much fun of MK two as I was of one. I I'm feel just gonna, we, like, we'll, we'll get into
2: it when we. Well, you know, let's save it for for the actual episode. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that was an episode. Uh, Josh, uh, take us out.
0: Yeah, so I yeah. have. I just thought about this halfway terrifyingly through our episode that I have not thought about what my outro for this episode would be. <laughs> so I am totally unprepared. Uh, I'll just say that uh, I have nothing, and we're just going to go out for this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, at least that's something. That's it.
0: <laughs> yep. Outstanding.
2: Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on both Twitter and Instagram
0: at CombatTimePod and visit our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash
1: podcast. You can also email us at CombatTimePodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions you'd like us to answer on the show. See you next time. The Mortal Kombat continues. Get over here!